Hello and welcome to another episode of Burning Bridges with Bridgeburner, my uh, level design podcast. Um, today we are going to be talking about something that actually popped up on uh, Doomworld uh, recently and was actually um, a, a good a good topic despite it kind of degenerating a bit into uh, a bit of a shit show. Uh, so um, the idea was put forth that um, yeah we should we should cover this off and uh, get some expert opinions. So joining me today we have um, uh, one uh, James Jimothy Paddock. Major Hello. the Booch Arlene and simple. Hi. Can I interest you in an existential crisis? Tonium. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, got uh, got some nice nice variety of opinions here. I think and uh, um, you know people with a bit of knowledge and a bit of expertise in both playing and mapping. So the topic that we're covering off is we'll start with. So the the, the Doomworld thread that started this off was um, when someone's playing t- play testing a map or playing a map and, and they. They come back with some some constructive criticism, some negative feedback. Where does the fault lie? Is it the mapper or is it the player? And while the term fault, I don't think is uh, the right word to use, it did raise uh, an interesting concept. And is it what where on the continuum does the kind of onus to correct lie? And of course, the answer is it depends. So we'll start off talking a bit about that. Um, but uh, I think kind of like uh, a good thing to to kind of flesh out would be like how do you play test things like what how do you, how do you give feedback how do you receive feedback what's valuable as a player what's valuable as a mapper um, and because um, that is a really integral part of making really good quality maps and, and levels uh, if you don't get good feedback your um, product will be lesser for it um, so it is actually a really critical thing um, as a mapper. Um, to receive and as a player to give. Um, so, um, yeah, I think um, we'll start off with a bit of, bit of round table. Um, so, Jimmy, you know, you're, you're, you're definitely the most experienced person here in terms of, of, of content creation. Um, yeah, what's, what's your, ex- you know, uh, just your general experiences around receiving feedback and having that kind of, who's, is it the player being playing badly or is it me mapping badly kind of discussions? There's always a bit of a juggling act, I suppose. It's uh, ultimately down to the mapper what happens in their map, and there really isn't m- much that individual playtesters can take away from that. Um, if a majority of playtesters are, you know, um, saying there's a problem with ammo balance, for example, then that might, you know, taking various difficulty ba- uh, difficulty settings into account, of course, um, that might, you know betray that there is an actual like overarching problem with your thing that you the mapper then have to go back mm-hmm. and if it's maybe one or two people saying you know um oh i found that i had a fraction too too few shells here or a little bit less uh rockets here than i was hoping um then that may be less egregious and that mm-hmm. might just be on a case-by-case basis um but as a mapper i think it ultimately comes down to um how much uh, you trust those experiences um, kind of collectively of your playtesters um, uh, and uh, it, it usually um, is beneficial for you to take your playtesters feedback you know pretty seriously mm. I think because you know they're, they're doing it you know in their own free time and while they may not be you know um, the most I guess what's the word um, objective measure of whether your map's good or not and I think this is a phrasing that kind of came up in in that thread, actually. And it was like, is the map good? Because mm-hmm. it's, you know, um, 
it's xyz etc you know that's not really what you're after you're looking mm. for a refined experience one that's you know in in good balance i mm. suppose it's it's on a completely subjective basis whether a map is good or bad mm. and Just that's not what playtesters are even for you know um, so um i think you raised a good point there is um you know in that playtesting state even if you don't necessarily agree with the feedback address it so yes. explain why you're not implementing the change. I think, particularly with big stuff, um, you know, I don't like this fight because X, Y, Z happens and I, th- I think it could be better if you do it this way. And we go, well, no, I like the way it happens. Therefore, I'm going to leave it as is, but here is, here is why. Uh, I think um, particularly when you go through that, that testing cycle, that's really important. Um, and, it, it, and that builds that trust I think between it, like you know, when you you, you need to trust your your playtesters that they're giving you good critical feedback, and they're not just you know flaming on it because they want to. Um, yeah. mm, that's that's uh, definitely um definitely agree with that. Um, Arlene, you've got a like a huge battery of experience when it comes to playing, <laughs> um, uh, you know, over over many many years, um, probably more than just about every every doomer i know um in terms of uh, and a you know, wide variety of wads as well um what are your experiences like as a, a predominantly as a player you know obviously you're, you're very much a mapper now but for a long time that was that was your your main enjoyment your main uh, creative output so um you know what's what's been your experiences giving that feedback to people <laughs> well funny enough actually i think i was actually a worse play tester before i started mapping um so for those of you who don't know i've played for seven years in a water view series that was loosely inspired off of like Aquarius 199. So I wanted to make things sort of like that. However, I didn't understand video games at that point. I had literally just gotten into Doom. I literally just got into video games, period, when I started doing my review series. So I didn't really understand what playing video games actually meant and like reviewing video games actually meant because it wasn't something that I experienced in my childhood. It's not something I grew up with. I was about 17 when I first started playing Doom. So I actually focused really hard on aesthetics and then anything else was very, very secondary to me. So, and I was also just really terrible. I'm still bad at playing Doom, let's be honest, but. um, (laughs) You've gotten better. (laughs) Just slightly. But um, yeah, like I was looking back actually at like Tangerine Nightmare. I had reviewed it. That was like one of the last reviews I did before I started um, doing mapping. And even still, I was really hard on the maps for the combat for really no reason other than I was like, this looks good, therefore it should play good. And it should play the way I expect it to play, which I didn't even know what I was really expecting. So actually I tend not to take those reviews as a sign of me, like actually knowing what I was doing. (laughs) I was learning the game as I was doing these reviews. I think it did get somewhat better like over the last like year or so that I was doing it. But even still, I was, I look back now and I'm like, oh my God, the things I would say were like actually really mean. (laughs) You were one of those, yeah. (laughs) I was seriously bitchy for no other reason other than I was just really inexperienced with the game and I didn't know how certain things Mm. with maps worked. So that being said, now that I'm a mapper and I understand how mapping works and how those certain things do work, I'm able to give more targeted feedback because I'm thinking, you know, in this space, how would I arrange combat in this space? How would I, you know, put a detail somewhere or how would I structure it? You know, could I give it a little bit more verticality? Those sort of things now are things that I think about because, but I wouldn't have thought about them had I not started mapping. Mm. I think I would still be doing the same things I was doing as a reviewer. 
Um, so I do think that mapping has helped me be a little bit more objective in the way that I review things. Mm. So yeah, that's that's really it. I, I, I cringe every time I watch any of my reviews. <laughs> They're horrible. I we, hate them. we won't talk so, about your egregious use of God mode either. Um, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's a, I think that's a really good point, and we will we'll dive into kind of the dichotomy of player being a player and a mapper a bit later on. But the fact that by being a mapper yourself, you know you understand the limitations better and how things actually work in the engine, what what the what the mapper can actually do, um, and just give you like you say more nuanced feedback because um, you know you've gone through the experience yourself. I think that's um yeah that's makes sense um uh when you describe it like that for sure um so simple um you know it's not 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 any way to denigrate you be you know you're probably the the least experienced um certainly in terms of mapping but um yeah i think you've you've, you've obviously got a, a wise head on your shoulders you like to you like to think about things so i just be curious what um you know as you've developed both as a mapper and playing more doom you know what have you what have you learned around uh kind of like the art of feedback um well, we've been talking a lot about how, I mean, Arlene just said, you know, being somebody who's not a part of the community per se, if you're coming in as, you know, just your average run of the mill game or your lay person, you're, you have a different perspective and you have a different set of expectations. You have a different set of, you know, what, what you really are wanting out of the experience and I think that's part of what I started learning as I started getting into mapping because I was very much one of those, as I've talked about before, like one of those neurotic newbies, so to speak, where you have this person who comes in, um, they're making their, their map, they're doing it their way, they're making sure everything's perfect, you know, it's a, it's a perfectionist sort of thing. But when you start getting into the realm of, oh, I'm receiving feedback from people and I'm creating a product versus... You know, at first it might be, you know, just because you're having fun and then it, it changes when you start releasing things that you expect people to play. Mm, um, definitely. And that goes for the mapper as well as the player, because if you're just playing as a sort of, you know, let's throw on some Doom Wads and, and play a bit, you have different expectations than somebody who might be either a dedicated playtester uh, as in the case of maybe like somebody like Nevinos or something. I know he doesn't just do playtesting, but that is a, a chunk of what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether you're a dedicated playtester or just somebody who uh, enjoys playtesting other people's maps to give them good feedback, um, you don't necessarily get that with the with the broader community. Uh, somebody who's just a, you know a rando sort of thing, where they're just going to come in and play. Uh, they may or may not even give their own feedback. Um, so I think it's a bit of a scale of whose feedback, not necessarily that you should and shouldn't listen to, but it's informed feedback, uh, based on your experience with, Mm. with the thing and how long you've been in it. Um, the things that you look at differently, uh, when you start getting into that feedback loop, um, and I think for myself, uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely think it's a fair assessment that I'm obviously probably one of the newest people at the table in this in this conversation mm. but even with how long i've been in it i would say that my perspective has changed dramatically from when i first started the, the hobby yeah i think that's a um uh yes yeah, a good thing you raised there is like you're, you're, where are you coming from what are your prejudices 
you know, what, what are your, what's your, where did, you know, what colours your perspective? What's your background? You look at someone who's been part of the classic Doom community for a, a very, very long time, like Jimmy. Um, uh, you know, he's going to have a certain view that is coloured by that time in the community. And then you get someone like me who's kind of been peripherally associated with Classic Doom for a long time. So very, you know, familiar with the game, but only, you know, a few years now getting getting deep into 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 the mapping and modding scene. Um, you know, I'll, I'll look at it in one way because I'll, because um, I'm not, I didn't, there's large chunks of history that I haven't experienced. And then someone like yourself, Simple, who's very new um, coming in and also younger, um, and you know that will colour your perspective as well. And I think it's um it's actually important to listen to all the different views and understand like if you've produced yeah. a product and people are playing it, understand where people are coming from. Um, are they have they played only Call of Duty games before? You know, I would argue that they shouldn't, but <laughs> but that will change the way that they look at things. And have they only played with Brutal yeah. Dude? Exactly, exactly, exactly. And right, yeah. you know, yeah, we're not going to get into that particular discussion. Um, but that, there's actually nothing wrong with there's actually nothing wrong with that to be honest. Like cool you play you if you're having fun sweet just you're now playing vanilla wad or cool you played it with brutal doom your feedback's still somewhat useful but it actually you know it just you explain that it kind of devalues it from your perspective as the person who made the map um right. it's still interesting to hear how did it play with the mod you know that's not a bad knowledge to have is it actually balanced for it? Okay, cool, it is. Sweet. You can tell people, yes, it is balanced. I've had feedback that it is balanced. Or, no, it's not. It, you'll have a horrible time. At least then you can pass that information on. Um, so I think um, we will get into the, the crux of the question, which is uh, Alfredo is here in, in the chat. Um, the question is, whose fault is it? Um, uh, because, yeah, it, it is something that... Uh, I imagine most people come across so um there's uh, i feel like a lot of it's about management of expectations um and the job person it is largely the mapper's job to do that make it clear what you're expecting in terms of gameplay style um or what the player should expect um particularly if you're putting stuff up on the harder level the harder you know, higher difficulty levels um you know there's a lot that is poorly done out there like people will release a map and they won't give much information about it and then people dive in and they go holy fuck this is hard <laughs> I was expecting a pleasant rop um, and that will colour their experience if um, you know if they're expecting something that's that's you know relatively straightforward it turns out it's a balls hard slaughter fest they're probably not going to have fun even if they like slaughter it's still going to be like oh shit no, this is this is way outside of their field so I, I think that's something that you know we mappers definitely need to work on and, and keep in mind and you know, i think the people here are all very good at that um um and it's hard for when you're releasing your first map to do that and this is something that obviously alfredo is going through with blood flow as an example he doesn't have much of a body of work out there, so people are learning his style as they're testing it. Um, whereas someone like Jimmy or myself uh, in particular, like I release a map, people know what, what to expect. Um, it's it's going to be, uh, you know, a certain style. Same with a Jimmy map, there's a certain style there. And yes, mappers will branch out and, you know, mix things up. But, um, you know, Rubik's releases a map, you know pretty much what it's going to feel like skill saw because um, they've got that body of work. So they don't have to do much, as much overt management of expectations when those things are released, oh, it's, it's going to be like Valiant and Ancient Aliens and Vanguard. <coughs> um, and that was a good point you raised, actually. Uh, didn't mean to cut you off there. No, but, sorry. Uh, something, something that Arlene was actually commenting on about like difficulty and the perceived difficulty, because uh, the question with that is like you mentioned, like your skill saws and stuff, and these people that 
they make a certain type of map. That's something the community is aware of because they're in the community, so they kind of know they have this expect expectation. Um, but I think that's the central question on, on difficulty in, in combat in particular. The question's sort of like, is it because I'm bad mm. or is it because the map is better than me sort of thing? I definitely um, knew it was me being bad. I mean... <laughs> it's like, you know, you, uh, you are sensible, Arlene. You play on a lot of difficulties because you know yeah. that you're not going to have fun on those harder settings. Um, so, you know, as a player, you need to... And Derek, Derek raised a good point. There are people that will just dive in on UV even when it's like, this is hard, big warning sign. They will still do that <laughs> and then complain. It's like, well, you know, what, what do you expect? So players have to do it as well they have to manage their expectations um by paying attention to what the map it is and going in with an open mind and okay this might be too hard um and if it is yeah drop difficulty um mm. uh or put it or don't play it like that's fine um yeah you don't have to enjoy everything <laughs> if it's too hard exactly. don't play it i'm not going to play you know magnolia um despite i recognize that it's an excellent piece of work it's just not my style i'm not going to have fun playing it probably um um, it's okay to not like things, but don't be a dick about it. Pretty much, pretty <laughs> much. Um, so, like, there are there are certain types, uh, certain kinds of issues that can you can you can pass out to be on one or other party. And I think you know you raised it earlier, Jimmy. That consistency of feedback, I think that's a big part of it. So, as a mapper, that's what you should be paying attention to. If there's one person who says the spider's bullshit. Okay, cool. Take that feedback and put that in a little box. If no one else says that, it's probably just them. They probably just try, you know, I think the example I use is like if there's three cyber demons, but there's three other paths to choose from, a player just keeps bashing their head against the cyber demons and dying and dying and dying without yeah. exploring the rest of the map. Probably the map is map is playstyle issue. It's not all. It's never all that black and white though, because there'll be things like are those paths telegraphed? Well, can you know? Is it? players' attention drawn to them, other cyber demons an overwhelming presence in the player's kind of mental um, um, you know, view space. Um, so there is essentially no right or wrong answer. Um, it's it's a big continuum of nuance, um, and you know, a lot of it comes down to just engaging in conversations and listening to people and seeing if it's valuable feedback, um, and then thinking about, yeah, how have I telegraphed my the expected play style? Um, you know, if it's a map where the player isn't expected to be able to kill things first off, how have you telegraphed that? Um, have you stated that in, a, in the thread? Like, there are, there are easy ways to do that. You know, this is a kind of map where you should be be, be free-flowing and exploring and, and coming back and killing stuff later. You know, you can, don't be afraid to be a little yeah. bit on the nose, I think. Um, I will say that, like, even though skill sword isn't, like, incredibly, uh, you know... Uh, competent and like consistent mapper uh even in the heartland thread uh for the new release that he put out uh he actually states these maps are longer than the ones that i usually put out and so it's up to the player whether they want to use saves or not mm -hmm. and that that sort of communication is absolutely crucial for something Definitely. like this if you if your if your latest release is going against the grain in any any mm -hmm. respect really you really should point it out don't just like Put up a thread and say, "Here's a map. Deal with it." Yeah, because that tells nobody anything about what you what they could possibly be expecting. Mm. Um, I think it's chiefly for this reason that um, I've actually got like a um, uh, an information template available mm. in the world. That's and a lot of people I encourage to use that because uh, while it doesn't like give away the it doesn't help you divulge the specifics of 
your your own like of, of, of everything on a release by release basis it gives you an idea of like here's the name of the tr- here's the name of the release here is the ports that i've tested in mm-hmm. here are the stipulations you know jumping free look crouching are yep. these enabled are these allowed mm-hmm. um yeah what textures have been used um what sort of difficulty how, like our difficulty levels implemented this kind of thing it's all very crucial information for anyone going into something that's you know at all you know out of the ordinary definitely definitely um that's and a good point actually because yeah. Um, yeah. a lot of the, you find a lot of most complaints are around difficulty or perceived difficulty i think mm-hmm. is fair <laughs> um and you know arlene yeah. you, you you've experienced this um with yeah. with tab <laughs> yeah so I mean, pretty much anything that I've released prior to Tab, which has not been much, let's be honest. I mean, I've done things in community projects, but I've really not released my own bodies of work. Um, But pretty much all of them have been very chill, incidental combat type maps. Tab is very different, Technicolor Enterprise Box. Um, It's very different from what I would normally make. It was like my first quote slaughter map. Um, And... Yeah, like I literally had to put, so I, I at first put it just in the regular description and just said, hey, this is a slaughter map. You know, if you're not used to that sort of thing, go ahead and play it on like, you know, I'm TF today, HDR, whatever. And people kept ignoring it. So then I had to put it in bold letters and underline it. <laughs> and yeah, even still, sometimes people will ignore that. So at that point, um, I had to kind of start to put people's idea of difficulty like into a box okay had they actually listened to me or are they just ignoring me and then playing on uv because that's what they always play and now they're gonna ignore the fact Mm. that i said hey it's really hard i mean it's for slaughter maps it's not as hard as i mean it's actually pretty entry-level slaughter but for somebody who's not used to slaughter it's gonna be really freaking hard Mm. so again managing player expectations is hugely important um Um, whenever it's like like community, like sorry, uh, uh, communication is a two-way street. Definitely in these scenarios, like it is on the pl- uh, the mapper clearly to make it clear what to expect going in. But it isn't. Then it's then also on the player to actually listen. Take- <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, do the reading. Do the research. Guys, that's an important point about. Um, should I wait? Should I wait for Arlene? To come? No, I can't. Can't. Uh, an important point about. Um, she just mentioned uh, keeping it clear uh, if you if you need to like hey you guys you might want to play on HFP or something because in a way I think in as as far as framing the whole thing around like player versus mapper fault saying something like hey pay attention to HMP that's sort of like insurance on the mapper's part um, if if it, if it's going to come down to something like uh, whose fault something like yeah that, because so making it abundantly clear. It's, uh, it's not enough. To, it's not enough to say as the mapper, I have difficulty settings. If it's too hard, lower the difficulty. Okay, what is too hard? You still need to. Right. You do need to give a baseline, what to mm. expect. Oh, whether whether you use HMP or UV, most people use UV as the baseline, but HMP is technically kind of like the middle difficulty. And I thought because um, this wasn't something that I had in my head until I pretty much was writing the post for Bastion of Chaos, but when I was describing the difficulties, I gave descriptions, but I also listed who tested it. I think that is a very useful piece of information for players. They're like, who tested UV? Never know, dubs, no reason. Okay, fucking hard. <laughs> um, who tested HP? Oh, that's more, that's, these are people that I, either people who make maps that I, I enjoy or people that I know who's like, give, give, try and give people 
something to reference um, yeah. rather than just saying UV's hard if it's too hard play out on HUB if that's too hard play out on HUDR um, and uh, I'll be doing that every time now it's like listing who the testers are for each bracket and obviously yeah, that's pretty pretty much pretty much I actually hadn't thought about that before yeah. um, and re- I, I think that was because I had very few comments on Bastion being either too easy or too hard I, it felt like people very much listened to that particular piece of um, information that I put up there and I think listing the testers was a big part of that um, mm. uh, you know making sure that, that, it's, that like, yeah. it's like oh you know and like the fact that uh, listing testers on each difficulty like I put about four or so people have played all of it like it's not and also removing that stigma of not playing UV um, which is a different issue <laughs> to, to, to mm. go through <laughs> but it is a thing so you want to like look people have played it on HMP and HNTR and I'm Too Young To Die like people tested I'm Too Young To Die there was um, Liberation and I think Caleb I can't remember exactly who it was and they gave feedback on it and they said it was fun and cool you can play it on I'm Too Young To Die as well and you, will, you hopefully you'll have fun too um, so making it clear that it has actually been played by a wide variety of people on all difficulties I think helps encourage people to use the difficulty settings um yeah, that might even be kind of like a Freudian type of thing, where you, if you if you make it more, if the conversation turns more to different different um, uh, difficulties other than UV, people will just kind of like in the back of their head, they'll be like, "There's a lot of talk about this being played on HMP, so maybe I'll give that a little bit more thought next yep, time." Yep. Um, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, like even someone like Sunlast, where Rubik's does put it pretty explicitly in the text file that UV is for, I think he calls calls them Ubermensch. Um People still just dive in on UV <laughs> and get up to like map eight and start getting slapped around. And go, holy shit, this is actually pretty hard. Um, so actually, that does that does point to another point. Like when it's a multi-map wad and the difficulty ramps, it's even more important to make it clear to people what to expect on UV across the whole product. So you might be able to handle the first six maps, but the next six, it's going to be pretty spicy. And you can always restart and change difficulty settings and all that. It's it's all doable, but it's a pain in the ass. So. Uh, with a single map, it's 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 easier to do, but yeah, uh, with a with a big megawatt or something like that, um, getting that across what the play, what what to expect is um, ultra important because um, we're not all insane gazebo who everyone knows what to do. What happens when you play under? Um, <laughs> die. <laughs> die mostly, yeah. yeah. We just die a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I think uh, we've probably covered off um, like the whole that 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 kind of you know idea seed that um, that. Uh, was planted by Alfredo, um, but I wanted to dive into more like how to give feedback and what's important feedback and like as a mapper what do you value um, and as a player how do you give it like what what do you like what do you like in terms of your interactions and also um, talk about the difference between playtesting and just playing. So if you're a playtester, you're playing in an alpha state or a beta or, or an RC one release there's a different process than if it's a finished yes. product and you're just playing it to enjoy and then review essentially um, so I mean the more specific the better I think is generally what you want as a you know when you're in an early playtesting state um, like if you're playtesting for people you can almost never give too much information um, and the best way to do that is to record yourself playing um, because then you don't have to talk about everything. Um, and the the, the, the the amount of stuff I've learned just watching someone play, not talking about it, mm. not making any commentary, just watching the way they play, 
Shit, they got really lost there. <laughs> yeah. they, they completely missed the rocket launcher. Hmm, is that yeah, my fault? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I better check that, you know, and talk to them. And they, because they, they might not, they might pick that rocket launcher up two minutes later and not really think anything of it. But for you, it's like, that could have been really bad if they'd kept going that way. Well, hmm, they missed something important. It's going to make that fight a lot harder. Hmm. And yeah, I, not, obviously, not everyone can do it, but, um, hey, Kingdom. Um, the, Recording of your playthrough uh, from a playtest as a playtester, absolutely fucking invaluable, and even better like streaming it if you can. So Discord is obviously fantastic for that. You don't have to do it like via Twitch or anything uh, public. Um, but yeah, like um, so, you know, Jimmy, um, you've uh, I bet you've received your fair share of feedback. What's your what's your what do you reckon is the best way um, for a player to communicate or playtester to communicate with the mapper? Um, definitely is um, on a sort of one-to-one -one basis um, on a uh, on a streaming mm. service like Twitch has been um, like not just like informative but also just really kind of fun because you get that immediate feedback from uh, from the streamer um, you can just kind of shoot the shit and it's all you know <laughs> it's all fairly casual um, while you do all this kind of like very kind of um, like uh, uh, what well, this very uh, regimented, I suppose, um, thing where you are, you know, saying to the, to the person who's testing it, you know, please play my thing, and you know, if possible, like this is why I think playtesting is important because um, you're almost looking for the streamer to break things, you know, you're looking for the person uh, to actually find ways. Fuck you, to, fuck like, you, Eddie. Like, Fucking Eddie. <laughs> You're always, yeah, you're always you're always looking for those problem areas because you know you know that they're going to crop up, uh, especially if you've been playing this in a vacuum, as it were. If you've mm. only been doing this yourself for however long it's taken you, um, this is why like I needed a lot of like playtesting done on like Faithless, for example, because that's like so Huge. many maps, <laughs> and, so many maps, and, and can be played uh, in a variety like, of orders, and yeah, that's immensely complicated. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's such a different kettle of fish to just doing any sort of like vanilla mapping for Doom, for example. Um, so this is why, like uh, something like Earthless, which I'm putting out pretty soon, um, as of this recording, is uh, going to be a lot more like straightforward, I suppose, because I'm not really looking for breakages as such. I am just looking for like how individual playstyles mm. come into it. Um, that said, I, I will probably be needing a couple of people to play test in the target port eventually um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I will be looking for people who actually might be able to get like the target port which is like vanilla doom or chocolate doom to actually like crash um, mm. and, I, and I, like, I, I need I need that feedback because mm. it's important to me that I get that that project um, as close to vanilla compatible as I feasibly can make it. Yeah, you don't want to make so that claim like and then have it crash on map four. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I remember asking, I was like, is it okay if I play in GZ Doom or like, I, I, GZ Doom's my default because I just, I have so, so much of a hard time like just any other port for whatever reason. But I didn't even use free look when I played your map, so it was. Like, I am. I'm a terrible human. I'm using free look. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have no qualms about using free look. Um, but that that that, that does raise an important something that we didn't quite talk about, and that probably ties back to the mappers versus player uh, conversation. Is like check with the mapper as the player what the intended port is, what features you can use. 
they should have made it pretty clear in their posts, but certainly in an alpha state kind of thing, it's not always, there's not a not a thread to check. It's just, here's the here's my thing, can you test it for me? Yay! Um, but check, if you want it, like, can I play it in GZ Doom? Do I can, do I have to turn Freelock off? Um, yeah. Whatever the mapper says, you should be doing that, um, to be honest, yeah. uh, at that state. When you're playing it for fun, it's way, it's way less important. You can just don't complain if you break shit, um, but play in a way that you enjoy. But if you're play testing, play in the fashion that the mapper requests um mm. certainly don't play with mods yeah. <laughs> um yeah. but um i think it was it felt like almost like a throwaway comment but i actually think it's almost one of the most important things jimmy that you just said there having fun we do this for fun like all of it apparently yeah. <laughs> apparently <laughs> some people seem to be uh, fucking well, miserable that happens <laughs> yeah, exactly it, you wouldn't think it but it does apparently mm, yeah highly illegal <laughs> remember that like you test like you're helping people yes you you, you know, want to help people and be helpful and, and sometimes it can feel like work but we are ultimately doing this for fun um, and when I see people getting very uptight and aggressive and downright shitty um, it, it makes me a little bit sad um because not only did the person who's upset get upset over something that they really shouldn't it will also impact the person receiving that feedback uh, in a negative way or might stop them put them off mapping ever again you know they could, you know it's not it's just not good so don't be a dick <laughs> um uh, that's just like a general rule life don't be a dick don't be a dick, don't be a dick. yeah, yeah. Um, good good life man you can you can be you can be honest and direct without being a cunt um uh, not the same thing <laughs> exactly um, so simple you recently made a map for Modest Mapping 2 um, and I, I do think it's your best work in terms of the play uh, very much enjoyed that map um, uh, yeah what was that like going through refining that with the play testing like you know obviously you started at a point where you thought it was pretty good and then you started getting people to play it and they would have given you feedback you would have like was it, did you find that an easy process, like having to kind of reframe your expectations of your own work, or was it like a real like earth-shattering experience, or, or, or what? It's really interesting with that map because I think that map, more than most maps I've put out over over my small tenure, was one of the few where I actually had to do too much changing. Um, that isn't to toot my own horn or anything, but it was just kind of a product of the way that map kind of popped hmm. out, where it popped out pretty good. That's good, and I was very happy with the way it popped out. I mean. I, there was there was a few things like there was a bug at the end of the map that was a particular vanilla thing like you can't have forget what the exact error was I think it was I had a floor raised up up to the ceiling and the monsters were poking out through the ceiling and it broke the lift so it wouldn't mm. work that was something I didn't know about so I was like oh why is this breaking and then I think it was Jark actually was like yeah that's what happened I was like okay cool we fixed that um, with that map set it's funny. Uh, very, very uh, pertinent that everyone was talking about stream feedback being a really important thing that's happening now, because that map set has been getting a lot of a lot of full run through streams done of it, so we can check and catch all those little tiny errors that happen, and it's done in real time. We know like people are making comments in real time, um, so that's one of those things that had been happening. Like, oh, I've noticed that these traps are breaking. Why are they breaking? And then someone was like, oh yeah, that's why, and we within minutes was solved Mm -hmm. Uh, Uh, I think think that's really important uh, that everyone was talking about you know the era of streaming oh it's uh, made it so much easier it's it's, well you can have the map you can have the map open (laughs) you can be watching Discord or whatever and you can literally have the map open and be fixing it as so you don't have to take notes you don't have to go back and rewatch the VOD even it's just so so good 
that's literally what I was doing with our with Arlene. Yeah, 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 that's fantastic. And I did it with Bastion. Yeah, that's right. I was like, it's great. I was like changing everything, like right down to like the placement of like tech lamps and stuff mm. like that. I was like, actually, there's a few too many things there, or like, yeah, that's, um, that's... oh, oh, she just gave me a, a, like uh, feedback for like where a secret should go. Mm. So yeah, got that in. And it ties back into that fun. It's fun, like. You know, the streamers playing exactly, and they're yeah. enjoying themselves it's and you're, 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 get, you're being productive yeah. and yeah. that feels and good I, and yeah and I think as far as keeping the fun in it I think I think the streaming does does keep more fun in it um, because it's it's eliminating the guesswork really and yes. it's, it's taking out it's taking out the middleman as, as opposed to what the player tester actually has to remember about their session as well yep. because that feedback's out there and it's live and it's happening and they don't have to they don't have to dramatize it at all by trying to recall was, what they didn't like and you know, and like when you're remembering things the bad honest. stuff stands out like yeah, it's your very written feedback very much focuses on negative things often I find whereas if you're watching yeah. them it, you know, like I say it's, it's a very it's the, the most honest feedback you can get like you can see exactly their emotional reaction you can see what winds them up if they do get if they do get angry in a yep. fight you can watch that happen and go okay it's this encounter um, because you're fine with it if they go, they finish it and then they remember it and they, you know, they, they write about that and that'll probably color their view of everything else as well. Remember, going back mm -hmm. and remembering it blends through that, uh, you know, that anger. Um, uh, yeah, it's, there's just so many, so many positive reasons yeah. to, to try and get people to play test um, live for you. Um, I think definitely. you can also assess it uh, for yourself as the mapper yep. while it's happening because you can decide, you know, because you can't do that so much when you get a forum post in response to a playtesting session that somebody did. You You're eating a lot of Cyberdemon rockets. Their... Hmm. <laughs> Maybe you yeah. should try dodging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're relying on their written yeah. feedback to tell you exactly how the playtesting session went, where you might catch something that they missed as, like, mm. oh, they didn't do that. And that's not to say that they're playing wrong, but it's just, like, you might take it less personally if yep. you understand the exact context of why they said what they said. Yeah, and, like, I'm, I've watched... I, uh, I won't name them but I remember watching one streamer play Bastion and I was like you should be playing on HMT you should be playing on like don't play HMP mm. and they played HMP and I was like watching them you definitely play and, I, and then I just I, I didn't I wasn't harping hard on hard but I was just sitting there thinking you're on the wrong difficulty you're not going to enjoy it and I didn't <laughs> but they mean like yeah. I, I didn't blame like it wasn't a, an issue really but it just meant well I can then put aside your negative experience because I don't, you know, look like you played on the wrong difficulty, and that that's fine. You made that decision, and you can go play something else. But I'm not going to listen super hard to your feedback because you didn't adjust your, you know, mm -hmm. your expectations to meet the map uh, to a degree. Yeah. So um, it isn't like that, and you only get that in that live feedback. Whereas if it was a written, if they come, yeah. they played it, and then written a spear like. Oh shit! You had a terrible experience. What have I done? What have I done? You know. Yeah, yeah you, you take it much harder. You, mm -hmm. you, you you would take you would give that feedback perhaps more weight than it deserved, definitely. just because you're reading it instead of seeing what happened. Yep, definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Just quickly, Bridge, did you um, balance all five of the main difficulties in Bastion of Chaos? Like all uh, five of them? No, I did not balance Nightmare or I'm Too Young to Die. I did just the three, so same as. You know, vanilla oh, okay, doom yeah. settings. So, because in I'm too young to die, there's the half damage double resource, more than enough, yes. I think, to yeah, it covers all bases really, doesn't it? To add that extra bit of buffering um, from yeah. I'm too, too young to die. Uh, sorry, from HMTR. Yeah. Um, we will do it differently for Age of Health, but for yeah, for, for my standard doom maps, I don't. And then nightmares just a meme, so <laughs> <laughs> kind of I'm still. 
that, still... is, that is an interesting <laughs> thing that UDMF does allow you to do, um, Universal mm-hmm. Doom Map mm-hmm. format. It does allow you to balance for all the skill levels, yes. um, um, which is... I am uh, tempted to go yeah. and do a Nightmare Balance for Passion of Chaos, just for the fun. <laughs> I'm quite tempted. Um, it'll uh, unleash it on people like Dubs. And see what they see if mm. they can beat it because that, that that does sound interesting. Um, actually, I was quite tempted to do a custom nightmare where it wouldn't be respawning, but monsters wouldn't infight, which I think could make things quite interesting. Oh, so, okay. that is interesting. Mm, yeah, I reckon that. And a slaughter map that would be quite interesting. Yes, Ali. That is interesting. <laughs> I do actually have like a, a good experience. I have an experience like literally exactly like somebody playing the wrong difficulty. So I'm actually looking at Technicolor Enterprise Box because I had a, a recollection of somebody saying, this fight was really hard. Can you put one less pain em- elemental? <laughs> and I said, okay, well, on UV, no, I won't. Um, they're like, oh, well, I guess, oh, there were more difficulty levels and I didn't figure that out until it was too late. And I was like, Okay. Yeah. No, I think that was that actually the decision that made me like put that disclaimer out in bold. Mm. I think mm. that was that. But yeah, so when you're getting that feedback, it's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I need to signpost that. I mean, mm. and unfortunately, as a mapper, all you can do is signpost the best you can. Yep. Try to make it as obvious as you can. Sometimes people are still going to ignore it. So no matter like make it. Make it twice as obvious as you think you need to. <laughs> um, yeah. It is people, still quite amazing how much of a stigma is attached to not playing on ultra violence. Like it's like, mm. oh, if you dip down to a lower difficulty, you have no balls. Like, yeah, it's. it's just, I think there is there is a bit of pushback against that, in like in like a good way. I feel um, I recently think we're trying to like normalize it. Like certainly with um, um, like. Like Arlene plays everything on Hey Not Too Rough and mm. makes that pretty clear when she streams. So it's good that that's being mm. normalized now. Yeah, definitely. You know, King Diamond played Bastion of Chaos on HMP. You know, one of. You'd be hard pressed to find someone that, you know, better, better than King Diamond Doom, <laughs> yeah. you know? But he's like, oh, we'll play HMP because it'll, it'll be more fun. It's like, fucking fantastic. Mm. And, you know, it's. I think, I think watching streamers, you know, people that you know do that kind of thing does remove. Um, whether it's your king, you know, your massive establishment players like King Dime or, or people slightly newer like Arlene, um, you just see people like, oh, you're playing on diff- low difficulties. Oh, that's maybe not such a bad idea. Um, yeah. And I mean, I played Faithless on not the max, not the highest difficulty. It was the middle Skill one. Skill three, you know, I think. Skill it was, three, yeah. yeah. And that, you know, I was like, okay, cool. You like you said, I recommend this because you're not experienced with Hexen and Heretic, and you want feedback. I was like, cool. I, I'm more than happy to do that. And you know, uh, Quill has given me. Um, uh, some some maps to test, and, and she said, "Yo, you're not going to have fun on ultra violence. You should play on HMP." Sweet, I'll do do exactly that because I like having fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if I really enjoyed it, I'll go back and try it again on ultra violence, and and maybe I will hate it, but maybe I won't. And but you know, in terms of that initial experience, listen to listen to people, <laughs> the people that made the thing, um, very important. Um, so there's been a um a question from. Uh, or a couple of comments in the in the chat, and I think this this is actually quite an uh, uh, interesting thing to go through for me personally. Um, but playing maps that have custom content in it, so something like Faithless, which is very yo, know, yes, yes, it is. It, particularly from someone from a Doom perspective, Faithless is way outside of of my wheelhouse. Um, obviously, if you play Hex and Heretic, there'll be a lot of familiar stuff in there. Um, you know, Tab has a mod with it. Supercharge, which is adjacent to Classic Doom, but it's definitely got some new stuff in it. And then in I'm Making Age of Hell, which is completely fucking different. Um, 
it just adds so much more to the playtesting experience. Um, there's so much more to comment on. And I think um, it's more just, you know, again, watching a player play covers off a lot of the bases, but there's just, sort of, there's just a lot more things to balance. But I think, you know, you, Jimmy, with your faithless experience was there. How much do you feel that that actually had an impact um, on the feedback you were receiving, the way people played it? Did you have to explain more to them initially? Like me, you know, um, I do feel like you held my hand a little bit in that first episode. Thank you. <laughs> in a good way. Um, but yeah, just your experience, like putting that out to the Doom community, essentially. How did, how did that go? It was um, surprisingly all right overall. I mean, um, one thing that I did with episode one of Faithless, because I released that separately in early 2019, um, was uh, I packaged a README file with it, um, which had a full walkthrough and gave a rundown of all the new items as well. Like the, I knew that that would probably be necessary um, by way of um, a lot of the content in Faithless is lifted directly from Heretic mm. in, uh, into the, uh, or, or sorry, directly from Hexen and put into a Heretic context. Um, but um, there is some brand new content there. There is some stuff that uh, people won't be familiar with, like, um, uh, even if it's just something as simple as like a health potion that's you know instead of the pink quartz flask, um, it's like the, the 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 green potion, um, the green elixir, and uh, the the items in the game aren't really named very descriptively mm. either. Like most of like most of Heretic and Hexen's armory and inventory items and things like that, they all have pretty abstract, mm. fantastical names. Mm. So. Um, when you pick up a, oh, Elixir Vitae, what does this do? Yeah, what the fuck you does know, that do? Never, yeah. It's never immediately clear, you know? Um, so I, I had a feeling that, yeah, actually packaging a, a walkthrough and a readme file yeah. uh, that contained all of the details about the new content, mm. which I still need to actually finish for Faithless <laughs> for the full episode, uh, for the for the full three-episode um, mega web, I suppose. Um, yeah, that was all very helpful. Um yeah, and uh, I think there was maybe one person who tried to play it with a pretty intensive uh, heretic mod, um, and it wound up breaking some of the some of the doors somehow. <laughs> okay, that's... Yeah, yeah, like the the red key. There's there's a new red key in the in the game that Faithless adds. It's amazing and, uh, what mods can do, eh? Like it's just like stuff that you is, would not yeah. expect to break. Just it's like this oh, this is, do, this, this is stuff that you get that feedback. Yeah. Oh, this door broke. You think oh. You don't even begin to think it might have been a mod that caused it. Like, you think if, like, a monster bugs out or something, well, that could be a mod. Um, you know, LA of Eternity with its Annihilators. Um, but, yeah, a door breaks. Oh, no, there must be something that I fucked up. And then you take it. Oh, wait, mm. it's a mod. Um, yeah. It, it, yeah, it is, it's something that, like, might not occur to the player, that, mm. you know. Um, yeah, I think it's a, a lock defs thing. At the, at right. The if, yes. if, a, like, if, a, if, a, if, a, if a mod has a lock defs lump in it, and... Mm. Gameplay mods have been known to have that. If they replace the key items outright, yes. um, then that is a thing that might actually break. Like correct, you might correct. actually screw yourself out of being able to complete the maps. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, so I mean I'm, I'm, that was that, that was a slightly aggravating case. Um, <laughs> yes. But uh, I think at the at the end of the day, um, it is a mod that is pretty heavy on the custom content, and so that is when I think it is absolutely crucial. Like for the mappers to make it clear mm. that there is a, a ream of custom content here and it's then on the player to acknowledge that and say okay 
maybe loading this with Brutal Doom and Complex Doom and the rest of it all is not the done thing. Because, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, Arlene um, with uh, Tab, you know, you had Supercharge in that, and that's obviously something that's adjacent enough to Classic Doom to not require a full README, but it does add some new elements, reloading, there's some new enemies, um, you know, the weapons, uh, like their relative power levels are different. Um, did that make it harder to a you know initially balance and um, you know with your internal testing groups get it get it uh, to a releasable state and also after that point in terms of just the general public feedback um, you reckon that had an impact on the kind of feedback um, you got? Yeah. So actually, it's really funny that you mentioned that. Obviously, like this internal group that I had mostly consisted of people from like out of the Hell Forge. And I didn't actually start using Supercharge until after we completed Mapwitch 2. Mm. When we completed Mapwitch 2, and I work with Tango on this, so he obviously was the person to go to about any kind of Supercharge-related issues, and you know he knew how to use the mod mm. fully to his advantage. So when we did our Mapwitch 2 map, I got to see, you know, how does he make mm. this work? How does he use? I mean, obviously, you, you know, he you got the inside it. scoop. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So, and of course, just working with him was a complete joy, and I think that's why I considered using Supercharge, at, you know, as a mapper. Because ordinarily, um, and and this has been throughout my Doom career, I've generally stayed away from mods. I've been more or less. I mean, obviously, I play with GZ Doom, but I'm more or less a purist. Um, and like saying, hey, you know, I would rather play things vanilla rather than, you know, what, elitist what scum. I know, it's horrible. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm getting the kiss from everybody, but no. So, Supercharge, so Supercharge actually was a really gr welcome departure from what I normally do as a mapper. So, it was learning the mod, you know, as I learned the mod. It's also I, fun as fuck. It's <laughs> it 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 so much fun to use as a mapper. So for those of you who don't know uh, Technicolor's uh, development cycle, it actually started in October 2019 um, for Nano Wadmo yeah, 2019. Right, yeah, yeah. And then I didn't pick it up again until after Mapwitch 2, which was... When, Last when did year. we release Mapwitch 2? Yeah, early 2020. Yeah. So, and then I picked it back up because the pandemic was going on and I was stuck at home. So, and then I checked in Supercharged at that point. So, long story short, that wasn't originally my intention making that map, but then once I started, you know, messing around with the monsters, messing around with the combat types, you know, it actually gave me more options as to what I could do. Like mm. the Diabolus, for example. I make pretty heavy use of those in the beginning because they're, you know, a, a slightly different variation of an art style. I reckon you know, Supercharge, like, the, and, you know, it took skill to use it this way, but I, it made it an objectively better map. Um, I, I think it would have... It was a better product for including from mm. you know you had, obviously that's all credit to you to make that decision and make good use of it and good use of the new best theory and and the new weapons and stuff. But that was a yeah, it made the map awesome. <laughs> um, and like it, little things like the trees that come with supercharge, which are really nice trees, like be able to use those as an asset in that cave area and like and you know you did a bit of palette yeah. palette changing on some stuff and you know you, you you folded it in really really holistically so that you know that took skill and, and vision as well. Um, uh, so, you know, definitely uh, all, all credit to you for, for the way that you used it. But, yeah, it was an inspired decision, I think. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It, and it was like a completely, it was actually a completely like spur of the moment sort of thing. Because I wasn't, again, I wasn't planning on doing that when I started Color. Mm. So, but back to your original question, 
Um, so my internal group obviously was pretty familiar with Supercharge at that point. You know, it was people like you, um, pretty much anybody who had worked on MapWitch 2 um, or anybody in the Health Forge. They knew, they knew what MapWitch 2 was. They'd use Supercharge. They're familiar with it. Mm. Once I got it out to the general public over on Doomworld, things got a little bit different. Um, and one person... There's an interesting group of forgot. people there. Yeah, well, I mean, they're, they're, they're good people. So... Um, <laughs> Very. Actually, one thing that um, Supercharge has that I didn't pay attention to, they have a nightmare and they have an ultra randomizer. Oh, the randomizer, yes. The ultimate ultra, ultra randomized. So I didn't actually mean for that to be a difficulty there. I completely forgot it was mm. there. So in the first release that I did, people were actually playing with the ultra randomized mode because they hadn't played the <laughs> before. They didn't know what it was. They just saw ultra and they were like, oh, we'll use that, yeah. They posted, like, I think they posted, it wasn't like an FDA, but they definitely posted a video of themselves mm. playing the ultra randomized mode and they actually had fun with it. I ended oh, it's up cool mode. It out later. Yeah, so they, I ended up taking it out later because I'm like, I feel like this is going to end up not being representative of the experience that I want people yes. to have when I play TAP. Yeah, because you had a crafted um, product there and you didn't want it to be too chopped up and exactly. people could have a bad experience with the randomizer for sure exactly so that that was that was the reason i took it out because i was like people were like we're not really sure what this does and i'm like i'm not really sure either so i'm probably <laughs> just gonna go ahead and take it out yeah i don't have a i don't have a nightmare mode for um technical either i mean so, it's literally impossible to balance for something like that isn't mm. it it's like you can't <laughs> I mean, that's designed for people to load with other vanilla maps. So with the Alien Vendettas mm. and your, your Sunlust and your Sunlust and whatever, like you chuck that on and it will mean that you get your Diabolus and your Archfiles uh, instead of just Archfiles. So like it, uh, it actually works better in a map that's just balanced for vanilla um, because when it's swapping things out, there's not a huge change, but in Arlene's case, if you've got Diabolus and they get swapped to Archfiles or Exiles, that's a big bump up in difficulty. <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, yeah, that, that, that was the basis for that change. Um, I will say other people, and the one other thing that people were really interested in was the scrap gun, and I'm really glad I decided to include it because I actually so really disliked the scrap so gun um, when I de was developing for MapWitch 2. Um, Tango, uh, I let Tango do all the balancing for the scrap gun fights. Because I'm like, I have no idea how to use this gun. Zero idea how to use it. I've been very, like, like like I said, because I didn't... I remember our conversations. <laughs> like, because I didn't play with mods, I didn't understand how other weapons worked. I was very used to just whatever, you know, sort of, you know, your pistol, your shotgun, super shotgun, chain gun, you know, which he replaced with assault rifle. Mm. But it was a, a close-it-up equivalent. Adjacent, really yeah. But the scrap gun was something totally new to me, and I was like, I don't know how to use this gun, so I'm just going to completely ignore it. But then in tab, I said, okay, give it a chance. And I'm very glad I did, because I gun. actually ended up I feel like I made some pretty cool fights around. It's a really fun weapon to use. It's a very cool concept. Okay. Um, lots of fun. Um, so yeah, like uh, it was interesting, because uh, I've finally be getting some major hell content out for people to test uh, within, our, within the, the, you know, the, the dev team. And up until now, the people who have been, you know, playing stuff and, and making maps and giving feedback to myself and Kat, 
about new monsters and weapons. They're pretty familiar with the resources. So people like Insane Gazebo, he's almost finished his map. He's very, very familiar with, with the resources and, and how they work and, and he knows intuitively what they do. And that means when we introduce something new, it's just one new thing and he, you know, it's, it's easy for him to pick up. But Ball played um, this finished map and watching someone who was going to make a map rage of hell, ironically enough, um, but essentially bumble their way through it, it was really, really eye-opening. Like, and back to what you were talking about, Jimmy, like the amount of new content and whether it, it you know, this will need a readmap, this will need a fucking manual. And just what is like, there's a power-up that's a red sphere, glowy, looks a bit like a mega sphere kind of thing. He thought it was a bomb. <laughs> so he didn't touch it. It's like, it's like, and it's talking, it's like watching, it's like, I'm not gonna, that might explode. It's like, no, you grab it, it makes your hammer all fire, it's awesome. It's like, Ugh. it just didn't go near it. It's like, and that completely changed the fight. And I was like, well, that, like, that kind of reaction was so interesting to watch. And, like, um, uh, it's funny how you, all you, thought, you thought my, uh, super, my, my soul sphere, exactly. um, which, right, was, was a decoration. Perfect example of that. Because I've seen that on Realm 667, and I think it is listed as a decoration, that particular bright itself. I think it's a torch type. I could be wrong. But I've seen it, and I've always, I've always assumed it's a decoration. So when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's, well, that's a cool torch. <laughs> it was made bespoke for um, one of my earlier sets, uh, Griefless. Um so I, I, oh, so if it is it. on Realm Six Six Seven, I didn't put it there. Um, but Maybe there's just something really um, similar there. Maybe it's something that's really that's, that's quite similar in design, like some sort of kind of like mystical torch thing. I'll have to go and see if I can find it actually, because I'm quite curious mm. now. But that was my that was my reaction, and imagine that, but with every asset <laughs> and telegraphing how monsters behave, and it's been interesting, a really interesting experience. And I've kind of gotten over this hump, but it definitely happened to me initially. It's like we will play Doom a lot. We intrinsically, intuitively recognize whether even it's about to fire, how a cyber demon moves, the the uh, firing rhythm of the super shotgun, all that kind of stuff is in our in our fucking DNA. Completely new yeah. game, that all goes out the window. So despite the fact that the Bone Reaver looks and behaves very similarly to a Revenant, it doesn't look the same and therefore you, you have to react. You don't, preempt your movements because oh he's moving oh he just he just fired a rocket at me oh it hit me oh dear um so there's a lot more like you have to relearn all of that kind of stuff it's been really really interesting like seeing people's first experiences with with the assets and getting their getting their shit kicked on <laughs> it's like this shouldn't be this hard and i was the same it's like why is this fight so hard like just the first time I started testing Bastion of Chaos with the Age of Hell Reads, I was like, why are these fights so fucking hard? Like, the weapons are more powerful, the monsters aren't that much more scary. But I was just, just getting slapped around, left, right, and center. And it was largely because the that intuition is gone. Um, yeah. Uh, which, yeah, so it's been a really fascinating experience, to be honest. Um, Your normal playstyle just doesn't, like... It doesn't. Mm. Ha- it, it doesn't. It doesn't happen. You just you, just, it, you, you can't play like you usually do because you're too busy trying to read things and figure out what's going on. Whereas you know, an experienced Duma is it's almost yeah like an instinctive reaction to there's a bunch of revs over there. I, I can see them out the corner of my eye. Oh, there's six of them are firing. I can tell straight away. I need to move over there. Whereas in this case, like there's a big blur of movement. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I don't even know what monster it is. Oh, it's rockets okay i'm dead <laughs> um 
yeah, yeah, this this came up in the thread a lot, didn't it, with um, you know, regards to uh, players' individual approaches to anything that's out of the ordinary, you know, like, mm. even if it's just a really hard slaughter map, you know? Um, yes. And uh, it, it's then down to the player, I suppose, to be a little bit adaptive in yep. those situations before they absolutely, you know, ream into the mapper for making something a bit hard. You know? Yeah, and, like, recognise that there's a learning curve. And, um, mm. you know, uh, something that's kind of on everyone's minds at the moment because uh, the new DLC just came, but Doom Eternal was like that. There was a new... Doom 16, while it was a new game, was pretty straightforward in terms of the gameplay loops because it was actually, to be honest, a relatively easy game. Um, Doom Eternal was much harder and it was hard. A lot of the difficulty came from learning how you play it, like that chain, using your chainsaw. You never had to use your chainsaw in Doom 16, ever. <laughs> <laughs> learning out like Ali, oh, I remember. Um, yeah, but learn like because the ammo, the ammo was very restrictive. The amount of ammo you could hold, um, it's like even maxed out. It's twenty four shotgun shells or something, right? You know, really, really low. Um, you know, learning that you have to using your ice bomb, using your flame belts to get armor, um, and getting into there, there. There's a very explicit gameplay loop, uh, and people were not expecting that. I think uh, was a big part of it. Why there was a lot of criticism early on about that. Um, and a lot of that, some of the criticism was definitely valid. It does railroad you a bit uh, into a certain playstyle. Although on lower difficulties, you don't have to adhere to it as much. You you know you play on I'm too young no. to die. You don't have to use your ice bomb. You don't have to use your flame belch. Um, you can. Mm. I think you can, I think I think you could get through it without using a lot of that stuff. Certainly not as much. Like on ultra violence and nightmare, you oh, yeah, very fucking much have to. <laughs> you will get For your sure. shit kicked yeah. in if you don't. Um, uh, yeah, so that um, <laughs> um, so yeah, I thought that was, I thought there was, there was some interesting parallels between things like Doom Eternal and you know maybe Age of Hell in terms of people having to learn all this new stuff and going because Age of Hell did start off as a Doom mod, hundred um, percent. That's what it was originally, and it's just only the last two years where it's switched into like a completely new game. I feel like people are going to approach it unless I make it very explicit, or even if I do approach it like a Doom mod and expecting it to play quite like Doom and, and people who kind of can't shake that will probably kind of not enjoy it um, which will be it's going to be an interesting experience to be honest looking forward to it all the salt <laughs> so I think um, I wanted to just cover off one other topic briefly um, before we get into some questions from the audience um, and that is playtesting versus just playing so um there is a big difference um, between the two, and it's really important for the people who are playing your product to, to recognise at what state, you know, the map or the level or the or the game or whatever is in. Um, and you know, if you're a playtester, you're, you're, there's an expectation that you give a level of critical feed, you know, critical, not like negative, but critical in terms of detail specific feedback. Um, but if you're just playing something. You know, you don't enjoy. Just don't play it. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> um, you know, I think we've all we've all copped our fair share of um, salty gamers. Um, oh yes. In in the past, um, but um, yeah, I just think it's it's something to keep in mind. Um, and you know, if you're play testing and you're not enjoying it, you know, note down why. Remember why. Think about why, so you can explain to the person who made it. So they can make a bit, make make it better. Like that's what that's what you're 
your job is as a playtester is to it's a collaborative thing. I think that kind of gets lost sight of sometimes. You're working with the person who made it to improve the, the final product, mm-hmm. and then once it's out there, you know, it's it's just like well, you know, you can take everything with a bit of a grain of salt. I think um, um, out there. I mean. Um, you know, you were saying, Arlene, you know, your casual play streams way back when were very much less nuanced. <laughs> yeah. And I do think yeah. that ties into something we were saying earlier um, with having, there is a difference between your lay people and your play testers, as there should be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, because, I mean, when I was doing reviews, I was playing as very much somebody who was pretty much experiencing what video games were like like really like for the first time because like literally up until that point like all the shit that i played was like reader rabbit basically so so um yeah so it, it is a point of how much game have they played in their lifetime um and like how much do have they played in their life to really understand or you know are they critically thinking as they're going through the map or are they just looking at things? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a huge difference. And and I will admit my reviews were just me looking at things, not really paying attention to how the maps were actually structured. I was just playing them, just to play them, basically. So. Mm. And like, there's nothing wrong with that, to be honest. But mm-hmm. I think it's important, like if that's what you're doing, don't put your feedback forward as some sort of, you know, ultra nuanced, um, insightful... Yeah thing when it's yeah. just like oh this is a bit shit or because oh, this is pretty fun like that's yeah it's, it's nice to hear but it's not useful um and actually that does that's actually something another point i want, did want to bring up is like when you are giving you know that, that specific feedback describe why things are good like people are very good at describing why things are you know, bad or they didn't enjoy it or that do the same thing for when it's good because the, the map is not going to then change things but it means that when they make their next one these these things were fun. Put them in this one too. Um, it really really handy. So I liked this fight because you had like these multi pressure points and there was good use of the revenants here. The chain gunners on the tower, were good areas and all, but not too annoying. And you know you, you try and give feedback on why things are good as well. Uh, we mappers are very very appreciative of such things. Um, before we go to questions, anyone else? Anyone got anything they want to add? Anything they want to? Just, uh, just to add on that last point, actually, it was really funny. Ultraviolence was um, playing through Technicolor into Price Box, and he um, pointed out a, win- a sloped window in the cave area that absolutely nobody else would have saw. <laughs> it, I just put it there just to put it there, and I'm like, you know what? Absolutely nobody is going to see this, but fuck it, I'm just going to put it in there anyway, and then. You know, a year later, I've got somebody being like, oh my god, this window is so... <laughs> so, like, for somebody like me who's, like, becoming to like perfectionist to the point of, I'm going to put, like, details in corners where absolutely nobody's going to look. Now I'm just like... That's, that's objectively good mapping. <laughs> so now I'm just like, oh god, now I need to actually start doing this because he's going to start flying around my maps, like, expecting to see things like this. So. I find that kind of detailing, while it might not get specifically noticed, it's like a good baseline. People notice it when it's mm-hmm. not there. Like, yeah. you, what you want, you want the visual presentation to be to be consistent. And like, if there's a if there's a hole, like a like a, a blank space, and that's what I'm always looking for. I was like, where are the blank spaces that stand yeah. out in a bad way. Um, I know. Uh, um, yeah. So. Um, Anyway, that's a different conversation. <laughs> Detailing is a different podcast. We'll need days on that one. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a fair so, point though that uh, playtesters are looking ultimately for faults, problems, yeah, breakages, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. and, that, and they're actively looking for those things. Yeah. Uh, and, then really? framing, <laughs> and then framing those um, those faults in a constructive way. You know, simply pointing them out, saying there isn't enough ammo in this fight, or um, this door is a one-time-only door. Mm-hmm. Um, and that needs to be fixed. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that that very easily gets overlooked. Um, and certainly in Faithless, there's a lot of stuff that comes with creating um, an ultimate, uh, a, a Universal Doom format mm. um, hub style episode. Mm. So <laughs> many nuances in the level design there. Yes. Um, so many ways that scripted sequences can go wrong, um, mm. right down to like user settings. Oh, um, right. And stuff like oh, that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Um, uh, uh, one of the biggest things that I found myself um, just tweaking endlessly for papers was just the placement of bush decorations because people could just jump into the bushes and then mm, get themselves yes. stuck there. You know? yep. uh, um, <laughs> so many of those. I've given them shit a couple of times on this, uh, on this so far, but Lucky Eddie uh, is a exemplary playtester and he is very good at breaking things in ways that no one else would. Um, but that also... Um, uh, brought up another thought and if you are someone who's going to be making a lot of a lot of maps and a lot of projects and stuff try and find a good group of playtesters that you can go to because they'll that someone who people that you can trust to give good feedback that you know like your stuff that's quite important i think you don't want people mm. playtesting like people who hate slaughter i wouldn't generally go to to test my stuff because i just know they're just gonna, not going to like it but that's that's completely fine obviously but try and find a, a group of people that you can reliably go to that will give you good feedback and and you know your friends so you know it's going to come from a place of wanting to help and, and being um you know wanting your product to be better um obviously that's not not available to everyone but if you are intent on a long and illustrious mapping career um that is a i actually think that's a very important thing to do and you know, i'm lucky enough to have um, people like you guys <laughs> um, and Gross. others to to help me uh, do what I'm doing and um, you know something like Bastion of Chaos would have been nowhere near as good without a very very large test group doing a lot of work um, probably over 100 hours worth of play testing went into that before uh, it was released um, yeah um, I think uh, unless anyone's got anything else they want to bring up we might see if there's any questions one last thing, I, and this is something I that I do. Okay, I thought this would be something. Okay. I will. I will say one last thing. And I can keep going. Don't make play testing personal. Please don't make it personal. Don't make personal attacks against people when you're play testing. Please, for the love of God, do not do it. Just don't do it. Be nice. Yeah, Be like fucking... don't never never attack the mapper. Like don't and don't attack Please. the play test. Like it's it's just it's just yeah. the sure the the quickest way to make people ignore you is is to be a dick. Do not wish for them to stub all their toes. Don't be an asshole. Okay. All right. Yeah, that kind of ties into what I was going to say is that playtesting and uh, mapping is a symbiotic relationship. Mm. Um, and to, the, the whole thing with players versus playtesters, players are there to consume. Yes. Uh, they might leave some feedback, but it's not their their, their primary motive. Um, a play tester is trying to get back to you with some sort of information. They're trying to improve the product. You can mm-hmm. still improve the product by watching players play it, but 
the the relationship between play tester and mapper is sort of like a sort of like a sacred tradition sort of thing. Like you should treat it it's with very a certain one on one, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it's, there's a certain level of decorum there. I think. Mm. Very good. All right, um, I'm just scrolling through. Seeing, uh, so this is a, is a good question, uh, a logistical one from Neil John Rips. Where do you find people to playtest your levels? So, um, you know, there's a variety of places and, and you can just chuck things on Doomworld and say, here's some, al- you know, some alpha level kind of stuff that I need testing for. That's That used to kind of be the only way. Um, it's not the best way. It's not even close to it. Um, you will get lots of shitheads, unfortunately, um, coming and uh, being aggressive um, just because that's the nature of public internet spaces. It's not, not so much um, uh, a, a blight on Doomworld. It's just the nature of, of throwing stuff out there to the public when it's you know kind of in an unfinished state. Um, yes, Jimmy? I will say that the slightly more refined version of that that has worked for me in the past is to put out a call for playtests mm. on a public forum. Yep. And they individually respond via private message to the people that you yes. trust most, or that you know look like the most you know well versed people in the mm. community, or the people who like that thing the most, just in general. Um, and then uh, you can work with that closely knit group of people on a personal basis in private messaging, or on Discord, or streaming, or whatever it happens to be. No, that's a very, 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 very good point. Yeah, um, you can actually yeah. you can manage that. Don't 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 just chuck your what on there. But yeah, say hey, here's some screenshots. This is what it is. Hmm. People, it's not ready, but I want playtesters. Please DM me or, or mention in the thread um, if you if you're keen, and then you can engage with those people specifically. Oh, that's a very good point, Jimmy. Um, that's, uh, that's actually what I did with the Avengers of Square. Oh, enough. awesome. And that's a, that turned out to be... Yeah, that's the, pretty good. Uh, before, the, before the demo came out in 2013. Yeah. So it, it yeah, it's Square's nice. okay. It's not too bad. <laughs> it's all right. It's all it's right. right. Um, no, that's a good point. But um, I think um, the best place to find testers is Discord. Um, in terms of like hanging out with... like you can, There's a lot of different communities out there. Um there's you know there's 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 you know um you know dragonfly's got a server jimmy's got the joy of mapping there's the health forge there's um king time's got a server um there's this shitloads um and you can foot Arlene's server. Oh, yeah, sorry, Arlene's um, simple tonyums. Splitting server, but yeah, there's a, there's a huge raft. You can find a group of people that you like being with. Um, there's no right answer to which one's best. Just go find one that you like interacting with people that you enjoy being around. And like you say, Jimmy, people that you think will will, uh, will enjoy your work, and just start getting just engaging with with people, and you'll find that they'll come and help you, and you you make a few friends, and and then you can go to them directly. Hey, here's another map. Can you test it for me? You did the last one, and you liked it, so um, and you can just build up that rapport. Um, but if you if you if you're not you know if if that's no, that's obviously not something that everyone's going to be capable of. Um, there's a lot of introverts out there. Um, you, know, you can just drop it in a there's the testing channels in a lot of these servers as well and say hey people can you know do you want to give me some feedback on this and that is better than just dumping it on a forum because the way that forums are structured it's more conducive to things staying there for a long time and getting piled on whereas in a discord channel it'll yeah it'll get buried quickly but it means that it's not going to stay there for all to see forever um and i think that can be kind of a useful thing so I think Discord is a, is, a, is a really good tool. The other one is look for Twitch streamers who play test. Uh, and there is a thread on Doomworld um, specifically for that. It is pinned. Um, I think it's in Doom General. And it's got a list of people who will play test. 
and um, people who stream it uh, are the ones to, I think, um, really hunt down. So myself, John Sweetpea, uh, Terminus, um, Ostinado, uh, I think are the four big ones who do like really explicit, specific playtesting streams. Um, we are always willing. I've started doing them as well. Oh, sorry, Jimmy. Jimmy has indeed. Um, so, yeah, um, Arlene doesn't have like an explicit thread for it, but yeah, uh, these are people that know their shit, to be honest. <laughs> um, hunt them down, pick their brains. Um, you know, like myself, um, I've got a list. It might take me a, a while to get to your map, but it will get played. Um, and uh, that is invaluable. It's that live play testing, and you're getting it from people who are yeah, experienced, um, and most of us are mappers as well. Um, like I don't think Astonado was in Sweet Piece only made his one. But um, yeah, you get, get there's a variety of opinions as well. Like we're all different, we're all like different things. Uh, it's not a yes man club. Um, but that that resource, I think, is probably one of the best things for for you new mappers if you're looking for ways, uh, places to get play testing. Um, I think that's sort of where I can speak as an authority on not being an authority, uh, being a, a new addition <laughs> to the to the community. Quiet on the cheap seats. Um, right, where I would say. Sorry. I would say my. Um, my experiences before uh, sort of joining the what, whatever the, the the community, getting involved, um, are are a lot different than before. So I would say, in answer to the sort of question about what's the best way to get your stuff played, I would say being a member of the community mm. is the best way to 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 in, to get your stuff in there. Um, people are more likely to play it if like in terms of like particularly like a discord or a, or a forum based uh, call out and if they know you yeah, yeah or if they're yeah. familiar with it like, you're, you're more likely to get good feedback amongst yeah. people you kind of associate with yeah, yeah, yeah. rather than chucking it on on yep. on doom world yep 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 yeah the, the kind of like I sorry i was gonna say that the professional playtest streamers they generally give like quality feedback to everyone uh, but yeah, in terms of like more general um, populist kind of stuff, yeah, you're way more likely to get responses uh, if you're an active community member for sure. You get them faster mm. on Discord as well. Yep. Yes. Mm, yeah. Get off. Yeah. Sorry, Jimmy, you were going to say it something? It can be. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, I have a kind of a counter argument to that, which is that I think no dissenting opinions allowed. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like maybe. Forums might be falling out of favor, and discords are getting huge now. So mm -hmm. there is perhaps still an element of just to be very selective oh, with who you're sharing your work with. Mm. Like That's true. the Hellforge, for example, has well over a thousand members. Uh, Joy of Mapping, I, I would need to just six six thirty eight or something like that. Six hundred and thirty members, yeah, yeah, easily, yeah. So um, it's still it's still pretty big. Um, there's still yep. a huge crowd of people here, and um, again, some of them are like. Uh, like the people who actually want the feedback, a lot of them are fledgling mappers mm -hmm. who are just getting started. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's if... it's good to um, it's good to like pick your uh, pick your playtesters again yeah. like, quite selectively, and just uh, to be absolutely certain that you're going to get the feedback that is going to be mm -hmm. valuable to you. Definitely, you know. Um, and I think that comes into I think that comes into like picking the right community as well like simple said like if you've engaged with it to a degree you'll know yeah. the kind of feedback you get like in you know whether it's a slightly smaller server like you know, say Arlene's um, or, or a, a, a you know kind of like a, a, a biggish medium or like Dragonflies or Joy Mapping which is getting pretty chonky or the Hellforge which is you know um, very large um, for, a, for a Doom community you know read the crowd essentially 
uh, read the room, exactly. figure out where where's the best place to put it. All these things, places are free to join. There's there's no there's no entry fee. Um, so you can go in and test the water. Like try. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't have to. <laughs> no, 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 you have to. No, you have to do a blood sacrifice for mine. There's a bear tax. Um, uh, no, sorry, there's a pentagram tax in the Hellforge. Uh, you must give me your finest pentagram, um, and then chop down the tallest tree in the forest with a herring. Um, oh. So we've got that one. Um, so yeah, like so, so find your group. Um, it yeah. takes a little bit of time, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and that is important. And you like you'll get better feedback, you'll get faster feedback, you'll get more consistent feedback if you're actually finding a group of people that you like hanging out with, and that, that like hanging out with you. And uh, yeah, it can take a little bit of time, but it's worth doing, definitely. And that's how you build up that group of private playtesters, is through those interactions. And yo, mm. I didn't just have those when I first started releasing maps I had to you know build up some connections and find some cool people and 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 you know make friends uh it is very much um not just about getting them to test your maps but uh it's a yeah. it, that is a benefit of it like people will you know like you know Jimmy you come came to uh me and Arlene pretty quick with the earthless and I was like yep we're definitely going to do that you know there's there's no question about it um, you know, you, you can rely. You, you knew you knew we were going to say no. <laughs> um, and I would also I would also say that uh, it was it was a bit of a generalization, and it's a bit um, it's a bit about it's not necessarily about playtesting being the end goal of finding a community. I think for me anyway, or in general, um, the 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 reason you join a community is for confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you can get your stuff out there to as many places as possible. If you have a if you have a home base, so to speak, mm. so to speak, where you where you kind of operate and you you know everybody, and it's, that's a confidence thing. Like cheers, song it, plays it, it, in the background. Yeah, yeah. You can hear all the yeah. yeah. I don't think that's good. Voices echoing off the chamber. I mean, that's a good point. That, that that's a good point though. Is 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 part of it? Like that playtesting feedback loop is. The ultimate goal is building confidence and skill, and that is more easily done in, in a positive environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there are people out there that think like uh, antagonism and competition and, and conflicts drives creativity. I do not buy into that that idea at all. It's it, it can. It, it, it definitely can in certain. But it, you talk to professional game devs; they don't fucking think like that. I've never met one. No. Um, they're all helpful uplifting support like i'm amazed at how nice the disarmingly game disarmingly so just it's fucking concerning Where, why are you also fucking nice what's the catch subscriber for example like, oh exactly like, yeah have you ever met a nicer man oh and like yeah right from the these ultra ultra professional you know dave oshries and dave Szymanski's and yeah um yeah fred and uh so real like big like ceos of massive company kind of things right down to your indie devs Almost unfailingly lovely humans. There's the odd fucking forehead, uh, but they get they get they get chased <laughs> out of the village pretty fast. Um, yeah, the E1M Discord, you know, just dripping with game devs, and, and by and large, they're all all really cool people. Um, yeah, I was, I'm amazed at how fantastically supportive because they know that if I bump your game up, it doesn't cost me anything. There's enough mm. consumer dollars out there for all of our games to sell as well as they can sell based on their quality. Um, it's not like a triple A game, which is a hundred dollars, is competing. That is competing with other triple A games that cost hundred dollars. But your twenty dollar dev, you know, indie games, people buy them and just because they think they might be good. Um, you know, that Steam library that's full of like eighty percent of stuff that you've never touched. There's no competition for for, for that for that discerning dollar. It's just like 
is it good? People go, yes, it is, and I will buy it. So I think the game dev community has really grasped that well uh, in a way that I'm very still still quite surprised by. Uh, and they're just really happy yeah. to help promote, like when it's retweeting your your screenshots on Twitter or or um, getting shoutouts on Discord and pop, you know, highlighting things to other people like Dave Oshery and Fred and you know those those big players and say, hey, check this out, this is really cool. Like something that Zach from me one is really good at. Um, so yeah, be positive. It's good. Zach is a sweetheart. Zach is lovely, lovely human, and yeah, and Jake is as well. But he's a little bit quieter, <laughs> so I always think of Zach first. <laughs> um, yeah. I think if it works for game devs and they they're they're at where they're at, it's it's because they've learned how to network and they've learned how to be part of a community and and keep the energy flowing. Well, we're all just everybody. here to do the same thing, yeah. by and large. We're yeah. here to do the same thing mm-hmm. because we love games and we love what we do. So, I mean, really, if if that's all that you have to put forward as a dev, and you put together, you know, you put forward your work, you're you're gonna get some, you're gonna get feedback regardless. You know, if you put your screenshots on Twitter or. You know, if you you know say, hey, I'm. What do you guys think of this idea? Um, yeah, just anyway, like that's a little bit off topic, but yeah, the game, the game dev community as a whole, I think is fantastic, and it's sort <laughs> of like encompassed like the Doom community as well. So um, yeah, being like being in that E1M1 Discord, it's mm-hmm. like one of the most wholesome, positive places I've ever been. It's fantastic. Yeah. So you're anyway. a mapper. You're a baby game dev. Pretty much, pretty much. It's it's not a bad way. It's actually not a bad way to think. Like not in terms of like self-aggrandizing and, and inflating egos, oh, but but no, it's a useful way to think of what you do. You are you're kind of like a game dev making making maps for Doom. Yeah. Um, and that I think if you can think of those tech, like it's a it's a way to think about things technically. Um, and then, you know, re, you know, technical articles on like the, you know that doorway uh, problem of combat design, that kind of stuff. Most Doom mappers will probably not look at because they aren't just making Doom maps. But no, no, this is all useful information and learnings that. Professionals have gone through these these problems and come out with solutions. Pay attention to them and think of yourself in a similar way. And like, yeah, I can apply these like level design theories to my Doom maps, and you will make better maps. Um, and that was a real paradigm shift for me, probably about eighteen months ago. Talking to Chris Holden, it was a moment we're talking about lighting. And I, you know, everyone who knows me, I'm obsessed with lighting to make you know from a, an aesthetic perspective. But it's like talking about using lighting to signal progression points and places of interest and stuff like that. And the kind of you know, kind of subconsciously grasp that, I think, but like having it like front of mind is like, ooh, ooh, yeah, that is that is important and a good idea, and I should do that all the fucking time. <laughs> um, so having that, that was a real, you know, watershed moment for me uh, when I switched into, actually, let's think about this like a level designer, uh, not just a, a, a passion project mapper. Um, so here was a question from T. Will. Um, how do you map and receive feedback for a project that exceeds your own skills? So I'm assuming you're saying how do you make something that you can't beat yourself? I'm reading that as. And this is this is a question that has come up uh, to me in the past and Arlene uh, has uh, experienced it as well. But there are a couple of ways to do it. I'm generally a fan of make stuff you can beat because if you can't play it yourself you can't truly know it now there are exceptions to that if you have unbelievable mechanical knowledge of the of the assets you are using and just intrinsically knowing what is beatable and what isn't you can make fights that you can't beat that is a rare skill though um the other way to do it is to make sure you've got very good testers for those upper skill levels 
Um, I'd advise that you shouldn't be making maps that you can't beat at all on any difficulty. That is not good practice. Um, and if you're sending things to people that you have absolutely not tested, chances are they will throw them back at you and say, test your own stuff first, please. No quicker way to piss off a tester than sending them things that can't be beaten. Um, and on that, just on that note, I, I advocate put too much ammo in maps because if you send a map to a tester with not enough, they'll hit a wall, they won't be able to progress, and they'll stop testing your map. They won't, the last half, last third, last three quarters, whatever. If it's too easy, if there's too much ammo, well, they can give you that feedback, but they can still finish the whole the whole map, uh, or the whole wad or whatever. Um, so I, I very strenuously advocate for, for you must beat your own map on some difficulty setting. And then if you want to make it harder, like if you, okay, cool, I can beat HMP, but I want to put a UV experience in for people who like it tougher, get good testers. That's really important. And yeah, I did that for you, Arlene, for, for um, Tab before you release it, although you have beaten it since. Um, yeah. So there are people out there that ex- excel at beating hard maps, and you know p- people can talk to me. Uh, I can point you in the direction of some seriously good doomers. Um, but you must be able to beat on one, at least one of the difficulties. Otherwise, the chance, the very likely that you're going to make something bad. <laughs> I think the most important thing there is is knowing what you're trying to make from the onset. Yes, because I, exactly. I think. I think when you know what you're trying to make, you'll you'll you won't quite so easily run into the problem of uh, whether or not you can beat your own map because you know what you want. Mm. Um, so if you're if you're if your idea is I'm making this map because I want it to be a challenge wad and you're not the sort of person to be good at challenge wads, then yeah, you might have to look elsewhere for testers or stuff because you you will run into the problem not being able to beat your own map. Mm. Uh, exactly. But if you don't have that, you 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 know exactly what you're working with. So. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, and and like Bridge said, you either have to have a really good intrinsic knowledge of what it is that you're working with, yeah. or you need to have somebody who's good at play testing. Um, I won't say I have like this amazing intrinsic knowledge of supercharge, although I think supercharge's mechanics for damage does make it a little bit easier to work mm, with. There's um, no RNG, yeah. So it's very predictable as to how it's actually going to behave. Um, which was very much an advantage when I was balancing, um, and this is going into Lucky Eddie's um, question as to how did I do UV testing. Basically, Bridge played my map <laughs> and said, these are fights that could either be spicier or you need to, you know, adjust. But I could at least predict for the most part how every how damage is going to behave. And then, you know, basically it became an idea of, you know, how much percentage of count... Um, of HMP is it going to be or you know how much you know ammo do I need how much you know blah 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 so basically yeah it's it was an idea of you know I know how supercharged generally behaves because I've also worked with it for Mapwitch 2 and then you know Bridge tested it for me and I did end up actually beating it um, I might have prodded you a few times <laughs> yeah, a lot of people prided me about it. Like, you did it, and you, know, and, you know, you handled it pretty well. Um, and, and yeah, so and, you're getting and better at doing. I, <laughs> I know what the trouble spots were. Um, so you know, even though I didn't beat it on UV at the time of release, I knew where mm. some people might have trouble, and I did try to account for that. Yeah, and UV like being able to beat it on HMP is close enough. Like, if you can only beat it on I'm Too Young to Die then your UV balance is probably is going to be more likely to be way off skew. But if you can beat on HMP, then, you know, that's just one step down. So, 
um, yeah. less, less much. I will say um, <laughs> that's the approach that I kind of took with Genesis mm. back in the day. Like, it's coming up to like 10 years ago that I really started thinking, which is not on, I think. <laughs> is that highly illegal? <laughs> no, no. Um, but um, HMP was my default skill at the time. Um, and uh, I have since knocked that up to UV because um, ultimately um, it's 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 more of a thing that I just want to kind of get better at the game and I want to introduce myself to more tra- challenging combat scenarios. I, I, um, I do think being better at Doom allows you to make more interesting combat. Not necessarily, so, yeah. not necessarily better maps, I don't want to use that term, but no. kind of. Um, and like as you get better, you, you you just learn the different ways you can use enemies, and and you can play other yeah. stuff. You can play if you can play harder stuff. I think you can you can expose yourself to more interesting combat setups, like your sunlusts is a good example. You know, playing that on UV is a real experience. There's a lot of really interesting stuff in there um, that if you can't beat it, you won't you just won't get to experience, unfortunately. Um, so mm-hmm. there is, I've gotten I've become my my getting better at mapping has tracked with me being better at Doom. Um, and wanting to get better at Doom, mm. because then I can make harder maps, <laughs> um, or more interesting, or more technical, more 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 thought provoking combat. Um, you know, har- not harder in the sense where it's just like here's more arch files. So you know, here's a much more technical setup where you have to think more and think about positioning and when do you grab that mega sphere and all oh, the cells are over there. But if I go there now, I'm going to get surrounded by the rev, so I actually have to go that way first and lure them there, and then I can run over there. That kind of stuff, like. I think you think more critically about your setups when you're better at the game, um, mm, and yeah. and and you can put more nuance in, in into things. Um, it's yeah, it's, a, it's a definitely um, an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, I'm trying to like with with Earthless, I'm really trying to refine my combat pieces and make it so there is a little bit of you know extra spice in there, perhaps mm. that wasn't there previously in my. Looking forward in my, to it. In my- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's what we're going to be doing after this, which we uh, will be wrapping up relatively soon. Uh, we'll continue Earthless, and uh, apparently Chibi's gotten mean, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, Derek said so... nowadays the best way to find a place is to, is to just act like Eddie, and I can confirm. <laughs> um, so there's a question from Billy Yang. Uh, what do you guys feel when people try to break your maps and not play in the intended way? So I feel like there's two sides to that question. One is like just good thorough testing, finding the cheese spots, particularly which is very important in slaughter set pieces and arena-based combat. You want to eliminate that corner where the player can stand and just rock it forever and not take any damage. Uh, you definitely want to erase that. You want to stop people from being able to leave arenas. For incidental run and gun, other map styles, it's less critical to hunt down those kind of cheese spots because the map's more about flow and movement. Um, between areas rather than locking them into a set place and then so you definitely want to you definitely want to get that feedback um, get I call them the mountain goats guard soul vortail uh, lucky is like the uber goat um, so I ignore his feedback because no other no sensible human would ever do what he does um, I, I, I'm only half joking uh, but yeah so that kind of feedback is very valuable and like no reason could get through the first half of Bastion of Chaos without firing a shot in the first release in the first alpha test <laughs> which was pretty impressive um, he found some places he could jump and he just kept going and just like yeah can I, can I take this and he got quite far through the map <laughs> just on a pacifist run um, so that was fun uh, so yeah you definitely want that kind of feedback uh, I feel um, and then there's the other side of it is like like which I'd say what Lucky Eddie did with his UV Max run is like pushing it 
further than that into really esoteric strats, SR50 jumps, leaping on top of Kaku. Like, he figured out a strat where he could, like, uh, pretty much a TAS only kind of thing, but he could jump on a, like, a stair of Kaku demons to get up to a ledge. <laughs> it's just amazing. <laughs> amazing, amazing stuff. Um, but yeah, so yeah, uh, what do you guys reckon? Like, what at what point do you feel like you're kind of happy that you've ticked that box of, like, the map can't be broken? Anyway. <laughs> Uh, well, I'll go first. Um, so actually one of those things about Technicolor was that originally that I had jumping enabled. I've never been good without mapping and jumping enabled. <laughs> I've been horrible about that sort of thing because I don't account for how players jump. It's tough. So, it makes it a lot harder. It really is. It's really it's difficult. And like yeah. even, even for a map set, so like Heelbane, um, slight spoilers but actually it's a map set that generally requires jumping and crouching i said i'm straight up not gonna map with any jumping. <laughs> so <laughs> sorry so um yeah so like mapping for jumping was difficult but i had it enabled at the time and guard soul fucking mountain he is a man is a fucking mountain so go that man much shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was but like it was important because i'm like okay so i need to block this thing off I need to block this thing off. He can cheese this, so we're going to change this. It's actually really good to have people sort of break yep. the maps or play in ways that are not intended because, again, you're not thinking about it because you know the way the map's intended to be played, but somebody else doesn't. So having those blind runs where they're, you know, either, like, trying to intentionally sort of, like, mountain goat their way or jump their way. I mean, even you, I don't even think he was really mountain goating. He was just jumping. And nah, Godsoul plays also jump maze. He's a mountain goat. <laughs> so but yeah so that that was those sort of things that i had to like take account of like you know what places of the map could the player see that maybe i didn't think about, mm. or where could they get to that i didn't think about or what could they cheese um so yeah people playing maps in ways that you don't intend for the most part is a good idea yeah. like don't like you know add mods and then things break and then because so the the thing is like so what you want i think what you want to keep in mind is like what is what is the wider player base going to do like what is the average player exactly. going to do exactly. and like yeah. some of them are going to do this so you want to account for it and there's a point where you need to think now nah, i'm happy now if they do this and break it well fuck it who cares like there'll be something like, there's still stuff in bastard chaos where uh there's a couple of cheese cheese spots and you know things that you know arenas you can exit only if you do a very specific set of things i'm okay with it uh, it's a very specific use case and I'm not, I can't be fucked. <laughs> yes, Jimmy? I have things to say about lock-ins. <laughs> Jimmy loves, Jimmy loves lock-ins. Uh, I love them. Love them to death. Oh yeah, <laughs> give me those lock-ins, baby. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't mind if people can cheese fights in any of my maps, really. <laughs> they want to, if they want to like neuter the fight and make it not fun. Hmm. That's on them, I think. You know? So actually, good, they good, good, do, like, good. stay in one position and just camp from behind a corner and just not have fun and be like, "This is this is the gameplay mm. that the mapper intended." Oh my god! You know, that's obviously not correct. So very, so, a very good, um, very good example, Jimmy. Is and there was a fight in Earthless and uh, one of the you know one of the maps that were just played where there's a bunch of things that lowers and there are monsters on it, and I was up on the ledge. It's like I could just stay here and let them in fight. It's like, but that's not fun. So I'm going to dive down there. Like it was, it was, I thought I actually thought about. Okay, this registered as a fight that could be ignored essentially, mm. but I could see what your intent was, and that would be more fun. Okay, I actually thought, and then I was like, I'm not going to give it. I don't need to give any. I don't. I made the decision. 
I went through this. Yeah, I actually actually went through this thought process. I don't need to give feedback on this because I know. Also, you're mapping in vanilla, and there's a limit to what you can do in terms of when. Because I thought maybe suggesting that the fight triggers when you drop down, kind of hard to do in vanilla. Um, you could do like crazy shit with boom closets, or you could very easily make it trigger at a specific point in UDMF. But in a vanilla map set, yeah, you could probably do some shit with Miko portals, maybe getting pretty fucking esoteric. Aurelius could probably cook, cook something up, but not mortal weapons. <laughs> really long monster closet with just exactly. one end and Exactly, and it's just like, no, nah, this is A, going to be really hard to implement, B, I can see what your intent was with the fight, and C, I was in control of myself and could make a decision to have more fun. Nothing, nothing to fix. Nothing to fix. And that was a good example of that. It's like, you, like your maps are very open and free-flowing, and there are always corners you can hide behind, and even just running away from stuff and just like, which is actually not a bad thing. It means you can go take a breath, regather your thoughts before you dive back into the fray. Um, and you don't know whether that's going to make the fight easier or harder because you can't see. It. Like this, that is a map style. It's not a good or a bad thing. Um, and it's that run and gun, free flowing, slightly more incidental, less arena, less set PC focused. Um, that you know is definitely very much a Jimmy, Jimmy trope. Uh, and it's good, and, and you know, there's lots of people that really enjoy that. So, don't feel that you have to railroad the player into every combat situation just for the just because Sunder does it or Battle of Chaos does it. Mm. Those are maps mm. and wads that are set piece arena focused. Therefore, you do mm. railroad the player into a certain play space and control them and keep them in there for a length of time to make them have to earn their respite or earn their safe space or there's a timer or whatever. It's just different styles, so yeah. Um. Mm -hmm. I mean, ultimately, the goal is to have fun with the map, and yeah. if you're like consciously playing the map in the way that makes it not fun, well, mm. I, don't know so I, I didn't have any fun because I camped every fight. It's like, I wonder why. <laughs> it's like that. There was that tweet, like uh, at, at Do when Doom Eternal was coming, about to re uh, just been released, and someone said, "Oh, can 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 we have it like classic gameplay where you can't use ice bombs and flame belts and all this new fancy stuff?" And the response from the Doom Twitter was like, "You control the buttons you press." <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh yeah, I like yeah. that tweet." <laughs> Abs are fucking loot. Well, <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. such a dev tweet. Yeah, right that was that was an annoyed dev saying, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> <laughs> and rightly so. Right uh, fucking so. Ah, I love that. Oh, you control the buttons you press. Yep, you can play in a style that is more fun, uh, and that is important to mm. remember. Um, so here, here, here is a here is a good question. I think from Cinder. And um, there, there, this is actually a question that will get you a very wide variety of responses depending on who you ask. But uh -oh. how do you folks feel when people try and play your map with unintended mods like Brutal Doom? Um, oh, so, there it is, he said the word, he said, he said the trigger words. <laughs> and we'll go around the... A variety of answers. Very, very. Now, so, I'm actually very... Don't care. Um, you can play however you want, if you're having fun. Fuck yeah, go for it. If you play with a mod and you break shit, do not complain. Do not ask mappers to balance their maps for your mod that you want to play with. Do not ask them to fix things, compatibility issues with the mod that you are playing with. Do not ever do that. It's the modder's job to make it compatible. But if you want to have fun and play with a mod, go for it. Don't think that your feedback is actually useful feedback, though, when you're playing with that mod also. Um, yes. 
I can see a few hands up. Um, so yeah, okay, uh, Ali. <laughs> I, I will just say, like, as a as a as a as an uh, aside, I do. I probably will have to head out, and like within the next ten minutes. Yep, um, that's um, that's fine. Um, just to let everyone know. Um, we'll probably. That's uh, good enough to. We'll make that the end um, in that case. Uh, but yeah. Um, so you didn't have you didn't have a comment on the on the question simple. No, I thought well, everything you said was pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think if you're gonna if you're gonna break a yeah. map, this game have fun, breaks. have fun in the way that you want to have fun. Um, but I don't want to breaks. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. be conscious. And if you are loading with ones, be conscious of any built-in content like Eternity or um, Technique Boots Anti Bitch Box. Um, <laughs> did I get it right? I think I did. Um, it's, it's not that. Yeah, or, or Faithless. <laughs> like you say, like you're saying to me, you know, that mod that broke that door. Faithless has a lot of custom content. Be very conscious mm-hmm. of what you're putting it with. If it is something that has any amount of custom content, expect it to break. Um, don't load Age of Hell with Brutal Doom. It won't go well. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. What are you guys' thoughts on uh, people doing like YouTube commentary and reviews on your stuff when loading mods? Uh, they do leave a I'm bit looking. of an unsavory taste in my mouth. I don't. I don't mind it per se, but. It, does it depends like on the feedback. Like if they're getting really, if they're getting, if they're getting really salty and angry because of the way that it plays, then fuck, it. I'm gonna ignore it. Um, I, would, I would say even the even the not so salty comments, even just like something that might be like ever so slightly passive aggressive, maybe or like something mm. like, oh, like that just doesn't work the way I was expecting. It's just kind of like, well, I don't know. Like maybe play it the way it was originally made, and then. You can hmm. make those sort of comments if they apply, but anything other than the base experience in which it was designed for, it's like I don't really see why that's pertinent to the map. Um, <laughs> really, yeah, I mean, every, every comment I get on a on a, something that you know breaks one of my maps because of custom content being loaded on top of my custom content, mm. every comment I get like that ages me a thousand years. Yeah, I'm yep, so yep, done yep. with that, it. That, that is the that is the like fuck off <laughs> points. Um, yeah, I literally had to write an etiquette guide because yeah. so on my website there's an etiquette guide that I wrote because basically I don't want to discourage people from using mods if that's what they want to do but at the same time they need like one thing that I have always said about playing maps with mods is play it the intended way first if that means vanilla play it with vanilla no I'd actually, I'd actually disagree with that if, you, if you're someone who loves mods then play it with the mod first if you're just playing if you're a tester don't fucking load it with mods um, I, I, would actually, I, no, I would say like, if, you, if, if the player will then make feedback as so if someone so I, I think like right. as an example if someone's going to go play Alien Vendetta for the first time but they play all the everything with Brutal Doom or Complex or whatever there's nothing wrong with playing that first uh, with that mod. Like, I wouldn't tell them to go play all of Alien Vendetta vanilla and them hate it because they don't like playing, playing vanilla. With, like, uh, Complex, I think. There was somebody playing Bastion with Complex. Uh, Thief played Bastion with Brutal Doom for, for eight hours. <laughs> Got his shit kicked in, which is pretty funny. Um, yeah, so I, I, I actually think, no, I think it comes, I think it, it always comes back to play how you think you will have the most fun. Do not blame the person who created the map if it breaks, that's basically that, yeah. That's if, it. if anything breaks, you're you're on your own. You're gonna go and talk to the modder, which no one I, seems I to fucking do. The modder first, then talk yeah. to the mapper, 
if that's an issue that persists after you play vanilla. I mean, you can ask the mapper like, hey, has anyone played this with Brutal Doom before and did it work? You can ask that question. Yeah. Were there any issues? That's fine. That is completely fine. And the mapper will go, yes, no, maybe I have no idea. That's, that's a, like, you can ask these questions in a nice, pleasant way. And if you're nice and pleasant, you can go through then, that conversation. Um, yeah. One of, but yeah. That's like, the key. So I'm, I'm, again, because I'm curious, <laughs> one thing that I did say about, like, Technicolor and Enterprise Box, I actually included Supercharged with the map because I'm like, I don't want you to play with yeah, so that's, any fucking thing else. That's different. Yeah. You have the mod built in. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, so, Age of Hell will be the same. You won't be able to load that with mods. It will break. Um, so if the game has, if the map has custom content, you probably shouldn't be playing it with mods. Um, at the very least, expect it to go weird. Um, but again, I, 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 even if people want to play Eternity or, or, or Tab or whatever with Brutal Doom or Complex or whatever the fuck, first time, as long as I don't complain about it, I don't care, to be honest. Um, if, they're trying to have, if they're going to have fun and they're going to accept graciously any errors that, that pop up and issues and go, oh, well, that was, that was fun until, while it lasted, kind of thing. I've got no, absolutely no problems with that. Um, it's when they start complaining, blaming the mapper, asking them to fix shit, like demanding compatibility, then they can, they can go, go, go take a long walk off a short pier. Um, uh, so uh, here is a, another question. Uh, it's a good question, actually, from Dreams of Cosmic Ocean. Um, did mapping in Doom give you a new appreciation for development and not just Doom games, but other games as well? And if so, in what way? Most definitely. Um, as Particularly, uh, you know, I'm, my goal is to get into professional game development. Um, 100% very much changed the way I look at things. I'm much more critical in my thinking in terms of like, hmm, that was fun. Why was it fun? Um, oh, I didn't like that. Why was why didn't I like that? What what made me angry? And like, especially because I stream most of what most of my gaming, I'd like, be able to like uh, elucidate my thoughts and, and talk about why I feel the way I do. Um, and I actually find that often helps like play down the salt a bit because uh, you get angry, then explain why you're angry, and like just the act of explaining it will make you less angry. Um, so a hundred percent. And I think because level design is my 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 forte, like it's about prog- like progression and encounter design, all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I focus on a lot more heavily um, than I used to uh, very much so partly because I'm looking to pick ideas um, and, and and develop my own tool, tool sets um, but also it's just I just think like that more and I noticed the same thing when I started playing the drums I started thinking about listening to music in a different way noticing the drums more and how things are done and you know, I'm sure Jimmy um, you, you, you found the same thing I think if you become you start getting an expert at a thing you consume that product differently yeah. Mm, yeah. The, the the moment you become um, critical of um, something, it's almost like it's almost like you're looking for things to dislike, um, <laughs> even in a even even if it's by like a, a band or an album or something that you really really enjoy. It's like you gain that critical eye and you mm. get so much appreciation for everything that kind of goes on under the hood. Exactly. Were. All those little um, fine touches. Like, oh, that's really nicely done. That little like good example of drumming, like ghost notes. Normal, yep. The normal normal casualists won't pick them up, but as a drummer, you're like, oh, it's just those beautiful ghost notes underneath everything. Wow. So such skill, like the skill and the touch to be able to, like, it's just amazing. That's a good drummer. And, like, you know, um, average average listeners like, wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, I, would, I will say, to answer the question, though, that uh, modding for Doom, like, just in general, has made me really, really appreciate everything that goes into the development of a game. Um like everything like even in the non-mapping disciplines you know stuff like 
you know, um, and not just the music stuff either, which also I do, but like everything from artwork to programming uh, to actual project management, uh, public relations, all this kind of stuff. It's all just, just like there's a science to it almost. It's an art and it's also a science kind of thing. Mm. Um, and there's, yeah, uh, like it made, made me really appreciate everything that goes on behind the scenes in the game dev scene. Uh, just by doing a few maps for Doom and then sort of branching out into, you know, here's, here's my game about shapes, you know? <laughs> um, paintballing shapes in a cartoon world, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can definitely vouch as well on that sort of thing. So Dancing in the Abyss is my personal project and I'm actually starting to convert it over to more like a total conversion sort of thing. Oh my god, nobody told me how hard modding was. Like, I would look at Decorate, and I'd be like, okay, here's a Decorate. Writing that Decorate, oh my fucking god. You just need, you need, you need yourself a cat. I, I, I tell Brit all the time, I'm like, you are so lucky to have I a cat. I am unbelievably blessed um, to have the Mr. Cat. I, 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 I am very, very cognizant of how lucky I am to have someone that freakishly talented helping me so, is like, an absolute god like, what, the, what the fuck is that what is like the script it's like fucking black it makes my brain hurt yeah. it's like coding you know, i understand decorate to a pretty decent degree at this point but z script's like a whole different thing to me and i'm like how do people yeah. do this and like forget like unity and mm. like you know plus programming all that stuff i don't i mean i literally like did a degree in cybersecurity, and I will still never understand it fully, but I will appreciate the fuck out of people who do because they yeah. have really dedicated themselves to what they are doing in their work, and and they yeah. do it for fun. Yeah. And Mr. Cat, he's doing this for shits and giggles. He expects nothing out of it. Yeah, no, he's, and he's, he's got like these ridiculous sprites and Z scripts and all this stuff that he's doing. Well, he's he's he does it to learn. Like that's his, that that seems to be yeah. one of the real driving factors with Cat as he wants to get he wants to learn like that little Unity game he made just for just to learn Unity. And it's like this is actually pretty fucking good. Like, and when he dives into something, he'll dive right into it, and he, he puts all the energy and effort and learn. You know, he's obviously a very very smart person, and he's he's got creative nows too. Like in terms of like visual design and that kind of stuff. Yep, yeah, he's, he's a freak. Simple. If I may interject, yes. I'm going to have to head out. That's a good. Um, um, I think but, we're getting uh, close to the end of the questions list. Fun. It's been really good. No, good, good. I think uh, yeah, I definitely want to get you on for a one-on-one. Mr. Simple, uh, at some point. Um, so thank you for joining us. Um, let's say bye-bye to Simple, and we'll yeah, we'll just wrap up the last of these questions. Um, this has definitely gone on a little bit longer than anticipated, but they always do. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah. Too simple. It's been a good one. Right. Peace, Peace out. Um, so here's a pretty easy question uh, from Eludi. Uh, Eludi, uh, do most people build for HMP and then slap stuff on for UV? It'll be designed for UV and then work back from there. Um, up to you. I do UV first because I... I tightly balance UV from around my skill level and then work down from there. But I don't think there's a, a right or wrong way to do that. Um, you guys, any opinions on that? I, yeah, um, I, 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 go first, <laughs> uh, Well, I was, I was just going to say, repeat what I said earlier, which was, uh, yeah, this is something that I now do, um, is balance for UV and work backwards. In fact, what I do is I keep a spreadsheet which um, uh, notifies me of like the percentages between <laughs> different skill levels. It's all a little bit refined towards monster count, which I guess isn't the be all end all of difficulty, but it still gets me like a 
an idea of like what's going on number wise in in the maps um because i want fewer hordes i want big like i want smaller crowds of monsters on the lower difficulties at the very least you know um so i make sure that hmp is 80 percent of uv and hntr is 80 percent of h of h uh, mp um and I keep a spreadsheet of that mm. to make sure that I'm doing all that properly now. And that's a more refined approach than what I did with Genesis, which was sort of make a rough guess as to like what UV should be like based on my experience with HMP at the time, which is my default skill. It's interesting um, you say that because I did a very percentage-based skill set- setting reduction for Slaughter Spectrum. Um, but Bastion, I did a much more gut feel thing and just kind of tweaked things a little bit. And I actually think it was better because... I wanted to have the same experience on all difficulty settings, i.e. a slaughter experience, but needed to make it less punishing for people who weren't as experienced, you know, as used to it. And um, by just like doing more, so like tweaking monster compositions and yeah, we're still removing like key stuff like arch files, like, okay, we'll cut these six down to three or whatever, um, or pain elementals. But just like there's, I, I discovered that a raft of very subtle changes has a huge, huge difference on difficulty so there's one fight where uh this, there's this big big staircase where revenants run up at on uv it's just a fucking huge order revenants on yeah. on um hntr the number of enemies is about the same it's a little bit less but i've swapped some of the revs out for imps not a huge amount but enough that it slows the revenants down and just doing right. that was enough to just they just kind of ball up a bit more and i was like well that was that actually that worked quite well and it was it was a really eye-opening experience actually and, and uh it's definitely something i want to dive into a bit more but it was quite interesting that i've gone less from a structured se- se- system to a more organic kind of gut feel kind of system um and then the percentage-based stuff that is a good way to balance like you it is you know you can it, it means that people know what to expect and there's like a relative step down for each difficulty like Cool. Uh, I played these first three maps on UV. That was a bit hard. Played them HP. Okay, cool. Like it's and now you got that baseline set the whole way through the whole, the wad. If they play those first four maps again, have a better experience, then they'll get that same better experience pushing through the whole thing. Uh, so there's definitely a a, a um, benefit to a like a like a more calculated approach, particularly with a mega wad. Um, whereas yeah, with a single map, it's it's a bit. You can do a bit more of a kind of free flowy um, gut feel kind of thing, um, but yeah, no, it's interesting. Interesting hearing people's different uh, ways of, of balancing for sure. Yeah, um, I just gut feel it because I seriously <laughs> hate difficulty balancing still. <laughs> Even Bastion only took Bastion only literally took me like five hours. It wasn't too bad, but yeah, it's pretty boring. It's pretty dull. It's very unsexy. It's so, it's so hard for me. Thing placing itself is hard for me. It's hard for me to make comp- yeah. good combat still. So. Um, Yudi, you, you said like, like um, balance always the always the worst part of it. Always the worst part of mapping. Talking about mods, feel free to use smooth doom, smooth doom tanks, FPS uh, on big maps. Um, yeah, so that graphical 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 mods will have an impact on your experience. I had an argument with someone over Bastion, and they were using smooth doom, uh, and it was destroying FPS. Um, smooth doom or beautiful doom. One of the two, anyway. Um, actually, smooth doom had a bug where BFG gave you infinite ammo for a long time. Oh, right, that's right. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Which broke uh, Slaughter Spectrum uh, watching someone play. Might have been Spud Hunter. Uh, Spud Hunter. Spud Hunter. Oh, right, that's right. Oh, yeah. that's right, right. Yep, yep, yep. I remember now. So that was uh, fun. So yeah, do, do not assume that even a graphical mod will not break shit, because it does. <laughs> I guess I need to rewrite my guide. Fuck. 
Um, I think we're getting pretty close. I'm just like dead stomach so it's chat to scroll through. Um, yeah, D4 Vanilla is a very specific mod. It's actually not a good mod to load with things because it changes the monster behavior massively. Like Lost Soul, uh, Pain Elements will become uh, Gornests that don't move. Uh, something that should be mapped for, actually, which would be quite fun. Gavin Harrison. Oh, Gavin Harrison. He's like, such a good drummer. Yes, Afterglow. Mm -hmm. Yes. He is the master of the ghost notes. Mm -hmm. um, thoughts on Robux removing UV from Magnolia? I mean, that's Matt's prerogative. Like, I, I, like the, I actually like the idea of BH and P, and then I'll give you a UV. Uh, I, I, I like that and I think like someone like Rubik's is esoteric enough to be able to pull that off um, yeah I, know, I like that with me I think that's actually really cool I think it's a really good idea like a challenge mm -hmm. setting like beat it and then you can have the hard mode I like that and so just scrolling through I will um, share something I'll share a comment that came from my chat beautiful also, uh, yeah beautiful doable yeah from Dreams of Cosmic Oceans um, said, I'm honestly fortunate to have found this community between Arlene and BBB because I feel like the community is encouraging people to learn to map on their own, but then it'd be a pleasant guide when they need help. And yeah, a lot of that comes from, you know, we're having been mappers for a long time and needing that sort of encouragement in our own mapping and our own journeys as mappers. Um, we see that struggle and we don't want people to go through the same thing. One thing that I've always stressed very much to my community is I want to keep it a positive place and mm -hmm. I wanted to keep it up where mappers feel like they can flourish. And if they, you know, some, some of them end up in some kind of toxic situations and I encourage them strongly to get them out. You know, you yep. know, if you need help with anything, tell me, and I will be very happy to advocate for you. If I need, you know, if you need a little bit of a push, you know, getting your map, you know, your map's name out there, getting your name out there. I'm happy to do it because, you know, I want to see mappers do a good job. Encouraging a mapper is not going to harm me no. as a person. Exactly. It's not going to, it doesn't cost you anything at all. Um, I apart from maybe a little bit of time. You know, it costs zero dollars to be kind. And that is 100% mm. true. It costs mm. zero dollars to be kind to anybody. Um, no, I think there's been, know, there has been a move away from a lot of that old, like, kind of gatekeepy elitist attitudes that comes with any long-standing community to be fair like it's just like things get entrenched um and doom's been around for 27 years or whatever it is now and yeah that, that's just the nature of the beast of having uh, a people who have been part of this for that long they just they get they get very weighed down with the weight of history kind of thing um mm -hmm. and people who you know people who might be you know might have been uh quite you know used to be able to throw their weight around 10 years ago find that they can't anymore and you know it makes them grumpy um but that's that's why like uh, there was a comment about the the um the dis like the dispersal of the doom of this community like the diaspora we could call it and you know discord and twitch are, are pretty much the, the the main proponents for that and it's it's a it, it's a good thing like doom will always be a bit of a core in the zeta forums like they're they're there and you know it's a good, great place to post projects that are finished and like do dev threads and that kind of stuff fantastic for that because um, people will always go there to check out new shit. But in terms of like community interaction, uh, building up relationships and and um, uh, developing ideas and, and networking, collaborating with people, getting that fit like there's a much more organic way to do it with 
platforms like Discord and, and Twitch, I feel. Um, and it's going to make the community better. And I, I, I see good things happening. And, you know, people like yourself, Arlene, like really aggressively positive. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you, Jimmy, um, uh, you know, it feels like you've... It's almost like been a reawakening for you. You know, Doom World was a certain thing, but, you know, you've, 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 there's a lot, you've produced a lot of new content over the last couple of years. Um, with you know, Faithless and now Earthless and you know, Deathless and all these speed maps and it's been great seeing um, you know, someone who's very established but uh, you know, uh, coming and becoming friends and, and hanging out with you know, a lot of uh, young upstarts and stuff and uh, it's great. It's, 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 uh, I'm seeing a really cool blending of, of the, the positive people that have been there for a long time with, with some of the newer people coming into the community and it's a great mixing uh, happening and um you know uh there's people like zen zanaro you know who's an old school multiplayer guy and um you know deep saw and um go you know, kind of re- reappearing as well and and yeah, yeah it's just it's, it's an exciting time uh, for classic dome for sure yeah. um, and you know you look at the quote you, you can look at the quality of what's been made the last three years and i think that is a good measure of it the the wad quality is fucking insane it's been damn difficult to judge. Yeah, as a Kaker Woods, Woods uh, judge, you you will know very well. And you know, Artie talks about, and Jabber talks about, like how fucking hard it is to separate these things out. There's that is so totally much good stuff. How fucking hard it is to judge, and we because we've gotten so involved in some of the you know sub communities that we hadn't been involved in you know before. Like when I first started doing Kaker judging, I wasn't involved in all these discords. I didn't know anybody. I just I judged the maps, and now I'm just like. Holy shit, like how many people are coming out of the woodwork with all this cool stuff? Um, I will say, like, you know, one of my little, you know, sort of proteges, you know, Warren, he voice um, <laughs> assembly line and like just, you know, hearing how like, aggre- like seeing how aggressively positive they are to start mapping and then them saying, hey, I did this because you encouraged me to do it. It's like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> I, you know, not trying to like seeing that my name's in the credits of somebody's map and I'm like if that's the only thing I do in this community is encourage people I'm okay with that mm. that's all you know that's really all I want is to see people flourish in this community so anyway same just a personal same. side but it's a good, <laughs> that's, uh, that's... joy of mapping joy of mapping six that was one of the very first community projects I got into that's where I met for oh, yeah. so Thank you for that, honestly. That was my first public map. Mm. So yeah, it all, tra- always go, it all goes back to Jimmy. It all goes back to Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like, you know... The, the cornerstone the, of the community. Yeah, you are. Um, <laughs> pretty much you are, you are Atlas. Atlas, and uh, it's all full <laughs> of um, uh, art files. Um, but yeah, like that kind of thing is, it, it does people to gravitate to it. And it's, you, you can't really understate how important those kind of things are. Um, for, for giving people that kind of start to their you know, career, as it were, um, it, 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 it's big. It, it is, it's great. And um, thank you for doing such things. Um, so I think uh, that's probably that, that gush of positivity uh, is probably a good place to end it. Uh, we've got to be going over two hours. Um, so much for that. Yeah, about an hour. Um, Motherload's going to go like, fuck, this is a long podcast. You said an hour. Um so, any final thoughts? Uh, maybe we should probably like tie it back to our original topic, but uh, I think we've covered off everything uh, I wanted to talk about. Um, 
I think uh, my last thought is just remember to have fun uh, whether you're playtesting, making maps or just playing Doom um, yeah, you're doing it to and have be fun be excellent to each other and be excellent to fucking Ted uh, Bill and Ted uh, knew what they were talking about um, yeah. very good Jimmy um, anything else Arlene? <laughs> Be good cunts. Be, uh, be good, good cunts. cunts. Be, but be, be good cunts. to each other. Like I said, <laughs> this you know life is shitty, but we come to Doom because we want to have fun playing Doom, and that that's one thing to remember most of all is we are here to have fun. So keep it fun, keep it light. That's that's really the only thing I can say. Yeah, and keep, keep, it it keep it real. Keep it real. Don't just don't just be a yes man. Just keep it real. <laughs> oh, all right <laughs> yay the heck yeah okay we can definitely end it now we've, we've got a y'all from uh from arlene um yeah thank you everyone thank you to uh jimmy arlene and simple tony who had to dip out a little while ago um very much appreciate your time um and uh yeah it was heaps of fun and uh definitely be doing, we'll be doing more of this uh so thank you all for tuning in to burning bridges with a bridge burner um and we will see you next time peace out